You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Smashbox TV's podcast 449. I'm your host, Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy, along with Johnny V. I wasn't sure if you were going to make it tonight, Terry Miller. Because... Oh, I'm going to make it everywhere. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, we're supposed to get some nasty storms in the area, maybe just a little bit south of us. It depended on a little bit. We had, uh, I think, more along the Wisconsin-Illinois border. It looked like it got pushed. They were threatening to come a little north. It looks like they're going to stay south. Well, I just spoke with someone in Illinois, and they said they were currently under a tornado yes, watch. That's so. And I told you this. I told you this afternoon. I said, Terry, if you want to call in from home, you're welcome to do that. I would completely understand. I'd rather be in the basement. I mean, if you really think about it. I mean, look at my basement. You're not wrong. This is a yeah, bunker. So, yes, so we're here and welcome in. As I said uh, tonight, we're gonna have a. Probably a couple of specials. Yeah, well, they're both special in their own way. Uh, we're going to probably have two guests, and one of them is uh, getting in a better position for us. That is the uh, six-time world champ, Paul McBeth. Him and Hannah had a uh, strategic conversation as to where Paul should set up <laughs> and what was going to be the best scenario. And when it was all said and done, it sounds like uh, Hannah's solution is going to win out. So we do appreciate that uh, they're doing that in order to give us a little bit better quality. So they're going to be joining us in... Well, she, he is going to be joining us in approximately 15, maybe 20 minutes. So uh, we'll be able to cover a few other things that are going on. We can talk about that, and then we'll have Paul. And then after we talk to Paul, the caretaker, one of the caretakers that we've seen taking care of Paul and Dylan's property over there at the Grand Canyon course is none other than our Throwdown the Mountain Tournament Director in Michael Barnett. He's going to also join us. And what I'll be interested to see or hear is... uh, what Paul says and then what Mike has to say and uh, how much those two align uh, one way or another when it's all said and done. But nonetheless, I'm sure they're on the same track. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, talking with both of them here tonight. As we said, podcast 449. And here we are in the beginning of April. It feels a little cooler here. I was just in Florida for about 11 days or whatever it was. Uh, we've got another good friend that's there. And he claimed that he loves the heat. And uh, I said, yeah, I can still take it or leave it. It uh, When you're pushing like mid to high 80s, well, 
hmm. mid eighties into low nineties or mid nineties, and it's only the end of March. Yeah, I'm not sure that's it's a little. Gr- it's a little gross. I mean, it was better than forty and rainy here, okay. but okay. Uh, I, 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 I guess it's all about perspective, right? Correct. I didn't go outside, so it really didn't bother me either way. All right, so. Uh, let's start with, uh, I'm going to go ahead while you're doing something else. I'm going to go ahead and get us started off with PDGA results. Of course, we're going to be talking about the throw down the mountain and, uh, what was taking place there. There's a couple other A tiers that we can talk about. And honestly, a lot of these results are going to be new to me. I didn't even take a look at them myself, but, (laughs) uh, I see over at the Daniel bow Memorial taking place this weekend out there in, uh, I was going to say near San Diego. It says Escondido. Escondido. Um, that could be anywhere in California. No, it, that's right near San Diego. <laughs> I know. Uh, when it was all said and done, Drew Gibson, who I think it's right around his birthday, some social media post led me to believe that it's around his birthday. So if so, happy birthday to you, Drew. And uh, with that, it's going to come a seven-stroke margin of victory. He takes down Andrew Miranda. And coming in third, Max Nichols. Fourth was Nick Newton. So congratulations to them. On their top finishes over on the FPO side, uh, Sheila May Lay Sheila Sheila May Lai or Lay L A I. Either way, she is your champion, defeating Jennifer Allen and doing so handedly. Uh, eight strokes was the difference between the two of them. So congratulations to her, uh, Elise Revelius. Yeah, we'll go with that. You're knocking them out of the park. I was just going to say. (laughs) Pick the worst. (laughs) Welcome to my world, Terry. Get get bent. (laughs) Oftentimes, I know these people, and sometimes I, well, occasionally I don't, and uh, they're all performing well. So uh, Elise takes third. Violet Maine uh, actually tied her for third place. So congratulations to our top finishers there. And then I could have swore this guy said he would never play Masters, but now, now when he does, he wins. Steve Rico. Uh, taking it down by a single stick in the MP40 division. In fact, spoiler, folks, in case you didn't get the coverage from the MP40 division, there was a you some clip <laughs> that uh, showed Rico making what I believe looked like a circle two-ish putt for the win on the final hole. So under pressure, Steve Rico, a.k.a. Little Spoon, picking up the victory. He shot 21 under. Yeah, uh, yeah but what, I mean... If we held that at Valley View, I could shoot twenty one under. Um, <laughs> what are the ratings, though? I mean, that's, oh, I guess that's uh, that's really what you know kind of matters. Ratings. No one says they matter until they're shut out of a tournament. Anyway, Ooh, uh, when it was all said and done, it looks like Steve Rico nine ninety eight thousand and nine and a ten twenty seven rated round. Okay, so, those are pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'll take those. I'd take those. Yeah, you would. Uh, yeah, definitely some pretty good shooting there out of Steve Rico. Uh, uh, on the flip side, when you look at Drew Gibson, 1046, 1029, and 1051. All right, enough with all that number talk there. Uh, <laughs> let's head over to 40th annual Dogwood Crosstown Classic. Doop, doop, doop. We'll click on that and tell you Dan Hastings took it down. Congratulations to Dan. Uh, Taylor Raffialowski. <laughs> Took second place, and Evan Smith in third. Scott Conway in fourth. Uh, Ariel Walker took it down in FPO. Megan Goolsby took second, and Elaine King, third place in FPO. And, of course, we're going to share the love 
One, Schwebby, Brian Schweberger, doubling up on his next closest competitor. Schwebby shot 22 under on the weekend. Brian Parker shot an 11 under on the weekend. So Schwebby picks up yet another win. Was that 361 according to the PDGA list? I could have swore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, how, how many is that? It says 361. And I was just trying to confirm if those were all professional wins or not. Nonetheless, win number 361 is what Schwebby's out there and going to tell us on the board. So congratulations to all of them. Let's move on. Skybreed Disc Open presented by Dynamic Disc. Saw that this weekend in MPO. Uh, Edward Ward took it down with a uh, five under. Jared Stoll, who we saw, of course, with that overhand shot on 17 at Waco. Is that until he wins uh, a DGPT event or a Worlds or something else, Uh, do we forever then... He's well associate him. I and I've known him and he's been on my coverage and he's of course a solid player, but is is that kind of what he's known for now? Is the guy that took the overhand on seventeen at Waco? Yes, he's going to be known for that for a little while yet. Uh I, I until I don't know. And un, un, until he does something, something really crazier. Good or really bad. Throws down a monster roller or yeah, I, I don't I don't know, Terry. All right. Nonetheless, uh congratulations. Uh he, he finished runner up. Uh Peyton Stamen, Elijah Bickle, uh finish in a tie for third. So congrats to them. Moving down, Emily Beach, who is celebrating a birthday, I believe today specifically. So happy birthday to you, Emily. Happy birthday, Emily. And she uh at least on here. Yes, I did see actually another social media post about it. Uh, she w- went into a tie with Chantal Budinsky, Miss Frisbees, as you would know her from Instagram. Uh, she went into a playoff. They were tied. And when it was all said and done, uh, Emily took it down. And uh, Nina Guerrero took third. Erica Stinchcomb took fourth. Uh, well, that's uh, definitely one of her sponsors in Skybreed Discs as well. Simon King throw down the mountain we'll talk about in a moment we've got one well, more eight which weekend for crying out loud I know. Okay. we're only going to talk about this weekend it's the only one i was there for uh <laughs> so we're gonna that may change uh we'll talk about an event in idaho another a tier the treasure valley cup presented by innova champion disc 208 disc and shop strange uh too long of a name uh dalen uh dalen i dalen yeah blanchard Took down first Dallin. place. Dallin? <laughs> I feel da- Don't make me... I'm going to go Dallin. I'm going to go Dallin. First place, 23 under par. Uh, yeah. Ben Ditton finished in second at 17. Daniel uh, Path. Path? We're going to have Terry read all uh, the names is- from now on. Because <laughs> I usually roll through names uh-huh. and... Uh, and you kind of chuckle at me, especially when we try to do overseas. Um, I because I chuckle when I know the name and you don't. But in this case, you don't know any of these. Either. No, I don't. But it's funny to watch you suffer. You don't recognize them as much. Uh, all right, uh, FPO, uh, the Reaper, Carolina Halstead takes it down. Uh, congratulations to her in her backyard over there. Well, I'll, I'll call all of Idaho her backyard. I don't know if that's fair or not, but we're going to call it. Uh, Emily Yale finished in second, and Karina Knowles tied. Janet, Janet, wow, Jeanette. Uh, Cut him off. I I was already concentrating on the last name, and I screwed up the first name in doing so. (laughs) So, yes, Jeanette. Way to go. (laughs) Killing it. I think I'm a professional broadcaster, or at least I play one on TV sometimes. Mm. All right. So, yeah, like you said, maybe this should be my new job week in and week out. 
Let's cut over to, we saw actually three different divisions, throw down the mountain, and we'll talk mm-hmm. to Mike Barnett a little bit later about more details, but when it was all said and done, there were four separate weekends that needed to happen for this throw down the mountain to be uh, run here in 2023. This was the fourth and final weekend that it was run, and this weekend, there were just three divisions that ultimately were available. And I'm going to click the right spot here that were ultimately available. Of course, we're going to talk to our MPO champ, uh, but I'm going to lead first with our MP40 champion, Matt Dollar, destroying the competition, shooting a 13 under. Uh, just really impressive throughout the entire weekend, shooting 13 under. Ray Hill finished in a tie for second along with Kevin McCoy and Batman Dutch Napier finished in first or in fourth. Oh, my God. Finished in fourth. So you're not broadcasting this weekend, though, right? So this is... You, this... That's why they have me on Tournament Central, so so that I can uh, botch everything on that side, because I've yet to screw up Tournament Central, and so hopefully it'll be my... Uh, That's right. Yeah. Mo doesn't love that, that show anyway. All right. Uh, over on FPO, which the footage is continuing to release, so plug your ears for 30 seconds if you don't want to hear what happens, uh, because second round was just released, third round will be released tomorrow, so spoilers coming uh, finishing in fourth was Ellen Widboom. Finishing in third was Jordan Linz. Finishing in second was Morgan Linz. And winning in a playoff was Natalie Ryan. Natalie and Morgan went into what ultimately was a one-hole playoff, and Natalie came out victorious. So and congratulations. And doing so has earned herself a spot at Throw Pink. Correct. So there was one FPO spot for Throw Pink, which is an A-tier which means Natalie is eligible to play. So yes. she will be going to, assumingly, going to the Throw Pink event uh, come October. Yes. And Exciting. Four spots available, I believe, on the uh, MPO side for the USDGC. It was four or five. At least four. Was it four? Pretty sure it's usually four on at every stop. Mm, it used to be five for quite a few years. But it's I'm pretty at sure some it's events. four. Okay. I, yeah, at, least for the, at least for the East. I don't know. The, I wasn't there. The last two events have been four because I looked the other day. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and give you our top few finishers on MPO. Your champion, Paul McBeth, Sullivan Tipton, finishing second, a.k.a. Sully. Joseph Anderson, a.k.a. Joey Buckets, <laughs> finishes in third. Thomas Gilbert has... A.k.a. Tommy G. <laughs> Tommy G, T. Gilly, Tomcat. He's got a bunch of nicknames as well. Right. He had one hell of a day on Sunday to close things out. Not only... Did he shoot a 12 under, which tied for the hottest round of the weekend, but he and earned himself a spot in the USDGC and technically a course record. uh, Yeah. And a little skip ace action. Hey, uh, you know me. I love my skip ace. I feel like you should pay him a bounty bonus. Hundred dollars. It wasn't on camera. Canadian. That's like 12 cents. Uh, so Thomas Gilbert skip aces hole number seven during the final round. So congratulations to him. He finished and, in fourth, and he got a sliver out of Paul Macbeth's hand. You think he kept that? <laughs> this is like this is the sliver I I dug out of Paul Macbeth's hand. Uh, I've got a story about that in a minute. Oh. All right, is it an after show story <laughs> <Maybe>. or is <laughs> it? <laughs> uh, and tying for fifth, Dylan Seppala, who I met the weekend before playing at uh, when he had played at uh, Tallahassee. Aiden Scott, who I met and covered at Tallahassee the weekend before and spelled his name incorrectly. And Braden Sides, who I met and covered the weekend before at Tallahassee. So people talk about weekends off. People talk about. Uh, where our top competitors are. 
just know that when you're seeing these guys on footage and on coverage and they're on the top card or two at an A tier this weekend, that means they're right around the corner from creeping onto DGPT A tier or and uh DGPT Elite Series cards and Silver Series wins. So in 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 two months when we see Braden sides, I'll just use one of those eight guys, you see one of those guys taking down a silver series event. I'm like, oh yeah. I saw that. I saw on him. Terry's coverage. Yeah, not just on my coverage, but the fact that you've at that point had seen him play on something, and it it just it warms my heart in a very special way to meet. And the other kicker about a lot of these gentlemen, they range from like sixteen to twenty, yeah. twenty two, more like, more young, good kids. Jeez, yeah. it's uh, it's absolutely incredible to see. So uh, nice shooting by a lot of those guys. If if there was a rowdy crowd, and I know you didn't watch the footage, so I'll ask you this. If there's a rowdy crowd following around a guy by the name of Sullivan, which is not that common of a first name, I feel like, especially in 2023, what would, if you're running his fan club, what would those fan club members be called? You could go with, like, Sully's. You could go... um Get in the vans. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Right? Come on. Uh, yeah. A little you're, creepy, but sure, why not? Um, it wasn't it's not a windowless van, so you're safe. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh anything else you, you could think of? Mm, Sullivan, Sully. Um, a group. Uh I'm drawing a blank. Drawing All right. A, well you think about that. That was a question I posed and um I, I, I haven't seen any I've seen a few but I haven't seen any that have knocked it out of the park yet. So I'm, I'm no. But if you were to go on tour, I'd I'd do Sullivan's Travels. Mm. Like that would be yeah. his tour series on YouTube. Okay. Uh, also, <laughs> I, I I was told just before the round when uh, Joseph Anderson he said, "If I'm making putts, then I then I'm jo- then I'm Joey Buckets." But if he's not making butts, I don't is he know. Joey airballs. Is he just Joe Joseph. Then he's Joseph Anderson. Uh, but it, he goes, if if I'm on, yeah, you you can call me Joey Buckets. And somebody in the comments then said that that is not allowed, even though I continued to call him Joey Buckets because his putting was truly phenomenal throughout the round. Everybody, anyone to have a putting round the way he did would be very content with themselves and very happy with the effort. So it felt like he lived up to his own hype and expectation. But then I was later warned or made aware of that apparently uh, Vinny Buckets or something along those lines is what Philo calls. That's what he calls Vinny. Vinny Buckets. I I don't know. Do you play off for the nickname or do you just Mm. just go to the higher rating automatically? I I think he was around first. Well, I think it goes to the higher rating. On top of that, you've got the the, at this point now famous basketball shot that Vinny put in. So you kind of have to go. But it's going to be Vinny Buckets. You know, normally I would like have them, you know, uh, race it out on bare feet, you know, through a cow pasture or something. Mm -hmm. But I think I have to hand this one to Vinny. Can he still be Joey Buck? I mean, he's sure he like, could. He could still be Joey Buckets, Vinny Buckets the second. I mean, he's Joey Buckets, so he can still roll with that. It's kind of I mean, we have two KJs, right? We KJ USA KJ. Um, yes, because I think so many people, and as I've said, go with the weak nickname of first letter of your name, first three letters of your last name, like sure. you know T Mill or yeah. J Van or something like that. And there, that could be anybody. I mean, we have. 
you know, A-Rod from the Yankees. And then we had, on our side, A-Rod, A-Raj, Aaron Rodgers, which a lot of people called him. Again, to me, weak nickname structure. Come up with something better. So, like, S-Tips isn't good for Sully? Sully? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. No. Well, S tip. No. To me, that want to be the S tips. <laughs> I don't want tips. I don't want to be the stips. So we can we can have two buckets. I'll give I'll give us two buckets because it's Vinny buckets and Joey buckets. All right. And you know what? I bet you Joey buckets has maybe had his nickname longer. Yeah, that's that's probably true because um, Philo just kind of started calling Vinny that this past year or so. I believe within a year. I'm going to go with Joey. Might have had uh, eminent domain on that. Okay. Well, reach out to our friends at Sunstein Law if you have anything you need to protect, any copyrights. Okay. Uh, so that was some of the action. Uh, I, I'll lead, of course, with the thank you to Dwayne, along with his wife, Susan, who have put not only me up and my good buddy, Paul, this weekend, uh, but also Paul McBath and Hannah McBath were there. And in years past, Nate Sexton has stayed there. Simon Lazat has stayed there. That's where I met Randon Lada for the very first time. He was staying there. Uh, just Dwayne and Susan have been just so incredibly kind to us. And I say all this because this is the last year that they are living up in Inverness, uh, which is about 25, 30 minutes north of the course. And they are moving to Massachusetts. And mm. uh, so this will be this is like reverse snowbirds. Yeah, exactly. Kinda, this is aren't they doing it wrong? <laughs> officially, the last time that uh, I was able to uh, crash at their place. Uh, actually, Nate Perkins ended up staying there out in his van on well, Sunday. Just night. have Paul oh. buy the place. He's just <laughs> buying everything else in that area. <laughs> exactly. I, I I don't know if that conversation was had, but I know I thought it at least once. So. Uh, Nonetheless, I just can't say it enough. Thank you so much, Dwayne. And and to follow that up, another even bigger step is Dwayne was one of the most hardcore, sincere, hardest, most dedicated workers in getting that course ready year after year after year, uh, bringing out his tools, having his tools ultimately stolen at one point to have them replaced, uh, bringing in... uh, entire trailer full of tools just so that they could get the course ready year after year after year. So uh, he's going to be sorely missed, of course, by the entire Florida disc golf community. But um, yeah, the tournament, the tournament staff and everyone else. (laughs) An ice cube just like popped. That was weird. Yeah, just kind of poop. So, uh, again, thank you, Dwayne, and I know the entire, like I said, Florida disc golf community appreciates all of the incredible efforts you and and even the people, your successors that you've trained. I know Jason Rubica is, uh, is going to be stepping in and doing a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of people that have tried to fill your shoes. So uh, it's going to be um, a tall task, but thank you for hundreds and hundreds of hours that you've put in at that course throughout all the years. So we really appreciate it. All right. <clears throat> it looks like in just a few moments, we're going to have Mr. McBath joining us. He's getting things all set up and ready to go so yep. that he can jump on with us. Um, I see him. I see some audio bouncing in the background. So I know that, you know, the, the microphone's working. Or or KJ USA is there and he's starting one of his DJ shows early. That's possible. Could be possible. Do you think he's ready to go? Uh, I don't know. I can't hear him. <laughs> all right. I think he's ready to go. And with that... Your six-time world champ, along with now five or six-time Throwdown the Mountain champion, Paul McBath. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, you sound great. We can. Dr. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm all uh, right. Well, over as we I'm... go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say I, I made it over to somewhere with Wi-Fi. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, H- Hannah stated that um, she took no responsibility for the technical setup that you guys previously had, and so we appreciate that you guys uh, made the dedicated effort to go uh, jump on and get something a little more sustainable. She's a professional. I listen to the Party Podcast every week, and they always sound great. Yeah, this is her mic, her setup, her laptop. Mm-hmm. We had we are over at Jordan's, so which is uh, Nick Carl's girlfriend's house. So might look familiar in the background and stuff. I think he's done a podcast. Or I've never been in Nick Carl's girlfriend's bedroom. <laughs> Sorry, no Nick. His podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking. I've been a lot of random places, but I think that's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No, we do appreciate it. Yes, Thank of you. course, you guys both, uh, you, Nick, and the rest of the crew, all of you guys constantly in high demand. And uh, in all honesty, I and I don't think this is something that's surprising to you, Johnny nor I uh, were able to take the time to listen to Nick and Matt last week. So any any given questions that may or may not be you know repetitive or redundant, we, we apologize, kind of, sort of, but... Uh, first of all, congratulations on the weekend. You, you and I didn't even really talk about. Well, how, how do you feel like your play? How did uh, what, what what grade would you give your play on the weekend? Uh, probably like a B plus. I think. I think I was having like I'd get on a good stretch of holes, uh, especially on the front nine. I would start out, you know, getting one every time. Mm-hmm. Two, I think I got every time. Three, I put my drive pretty much where I wanted, two out of three. Um, but the front nine, I was playing really well. And then the back nine, I don't know what it was. I just kind of lost control of either my drive or my putt. Um, so I don't feel like I put together an entire round. The first round, I could have minus those bogeys. But, uh, you know, I, I was playing solid. I was getting a lot of birdies. But I just, I don't know. It never felt like I had a complete 18 holes put together. Um, so I know, I mean, I know that course is tough. But uh, I just felt like I had had more in me that I just couldn't couldn't get out. Um, so yeah, and you, you kind of made me look stupid. Uh, I it's I not was hard. <laughs> I was talking about your putting, and I felt like it, especially in the early goings, it just it looked really solid, really confident. And then it was maybe even shortly after I said that that I it just then seemed to be a bit off. I felt like you were largely high on some of your putts, either high or left. Anything that you were noticing or thinking about, or was it just, they just weren't dropping. I think they just all start to get to circle two. I think my, my shots just seem to get further and further away from the basket. Um, so they're all circle two bids. I, I don't feel like I miss inside circle one that often. Um, even there. Um, it's just when you get to that 35 to 40, 45 is when they they start to like you said tend to be a little high chaining out left um and i feel like those those are the ones that i just get too many of them in a round i need to stay focused and keep my my drives and my upshots closer so i don't have so many of those because it does look like i'll i'll miss a lot of putts throughout the round because there are you know potentially five or six of those putts at that length and when you go to an event like this now clearly you've for a decade have been largely the favorite when you go to a tournament. But when you go to an event like this and the next closest competitor is a full 20 or 25 ratings point uh, behind you, 
is there ever any form of of I mean I know you don't want to take anything for granted but is there any kind of uh comfort in that whatsoever no not necessarily because I know when I was in their shoes I was showing up to the tournaments ready to win and and I I know my first tournament ever as a pro uh in 2007 I was I think 970 or maybe 990 at the highest and I ended up going out and beating a player that was 1027 I think at the time uh, on a course that wasn't too much different, you know, we were at Wrightwood out there in California, and I won my first professional tournament, you know, where I where I shouldn't have. So, um, it, you know, I I have to still play well in order to win these tournaments. So, I mean, you're talking about kids that are ten fifteen to ten twenty five. Um, you know, it's not not someone that was nine seventy or nine eighty back then. So it's a big difference. I feel like. Yeah, talk a little bit about that because Johnny and I were just as we were going through some of the the results from this weekend, and I said so many of these guys I literally just met or got to watch play last weekend in Tallahassee. I think of uh, mm-hmm. Braden Sides, I think of Dylan, I think of uh, you know the Sullivans and and all of those types. Talk about some of the games and and maybe what you're seeing in some of these uh, younger players right now or these newer players. Yeah, they're all very talented. Uh, backhands, forehands, putting—you know—they they have it all, and they enjoy they enjoy disc golf to where they're going out and they're experimenting with all these shots and they're drilling them and getting better at them. Um, the final round, it was like you said, Braden, Joey, and uh, Sullivan, and I was the oldest by I think 11 years or something. Sully might be the second oldest at 21. (laughs) Um, So, so, I mean, you know, they're, they're 19 to 21, I believe. So uh, that was the lead card at a tier. Um, It's not often you see that or hear that. Uh, So that, uh, yeah, I mean, I played with a bunch of talented players and, and like I said, they're, they're all getting good and they're pushing each other because I mean, if I wasn't there, it would have been those three battling uh, you know, for that win. So, um, I mean, they were still battling there, but I'm saying it would have been those three in a tight battle. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, they were at Tallahassee last week, they were here and, and who knows where they'll be playing next week. And and I think we'll see a handful of them at champions cup as well. Yeah. And so, I think uh, also, uh, I was kind of looking ahead. I think, uh, Huck central is where we might see a few of them. I, I feel like a couple of them are registered and mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm excited that I already know them because I'm kind of anticipating a few of those guys to be on some kind of leader feature card, you know, for that eight tier yeah. that's coming up in, in roughly a month. So, uh, yeah, and I, I think they're so from, yeah, I think one's from Alabama, one's from Georgia and one's from South Carolina. So they're, I mean, it's not like those were their home courses or anything. So they're, they're coming, they're traveling and showing up and playing well. Yeah, and the only thing that I, I forgot to ask you during the interview after immediately after you had won is, do you feel like you need to thank anyone like, I don't know, like Matt Orem? I mean, he went and won in a different state and gave you the opportunity to win here in Florida this weekend. Do you need to thank him for not being there or anything? Hey, Hannah, are you guys on the Wi-Fi? You're good. You, good. Sorry, I lost it. Oh, we're good now. Okay. Uh, I was just <laughs> I was just asking if... Because Orem won again, City of Mobile Championships. He always oh, wins mm-hmm. in Alabama. 28 straight years on the podium Yeah, is what I think. I, 28 straight events, maybe, not years. Oh, I thought it was years, but. Uh, no, he's only 35. <laughs> he's been playing since he was seven. <laughs> okay, maybe. Either way, do you need to thank Orem for not showing up? I mean, he gave you a chance to win this. Was he on the registration, though? 
He was at one point. Hey, to be oh. fair though, Matt Orem is on a lot of registrations <laughs> because the weekend true. of Tallahassee, uh, the weekend of Tallahassee, he was also on the registration for Texas State. <laughs> yes, so he might be registered an event in California, <laughs> Idaho, because he's not sure where he's going to be. Yes, I mean, I, I should have given him a shout out. I didn't even think about it. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't even look at the registrations beforehand. I should have. Uh, I, uh, he was, I know at one point but, he was absolutely registered. Yes. He was supposed to go to South Florida open over the winter and he didn't go. So that's one. Yeah. He, he, he had to go to help Disney me out with or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, um, it, you've had success, of course, uh, here you've, it, the only time you lost actually was, uh, a winter or I'm sorry, a late fall event. It was called Monster on the Mountain. Same idea, except mm-hmm. for it was held in October. Uh, Heimberg bested you, I think, just by a single stroke, maybe two. Uh, how much of this course is going to look different? Because now everybody really has paid attention to what's there and and what has been played. How is it going to look different when somebody comes out there a year from now? Uh, well, I'll start from the beginning. Parking lot. We'll have an actual parking lot. Um, whether uh, my guess is it'll be gravel. Um, so there won't be these little green, little rolling Hills and stuff that you'll have to park on and hope it doesn't flood. So that'll be our first thing we want to do. There'll be a pro shop. My goal. All right. These are all my goals to have done by next year. Um, a pro shop. Um, let's see. And then as far as those, those are the two things I really want to do. And who knows? I, I, I would really love to get some pickleball courts somewhere on there mm-hmm. just because that's actually where I just came from. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of touring players playing some pickleball. So uh, that'd be a fun little activity. Maybe the pro tour will uh, get some videoed matches of us all playing each other. <laughs> but uh, um, let's see. As far as the course, though, just some like I, I'd call them like uh, tour pads. Uh, so like one, two, the ones just off the top of my head. Uh, one, two would go a little bit longer um four would go longer five that's the last time we've played that hole in competition so Mm. goodbye to five uh so there'll be a new hole for five six will get a little longer seven the basket will get a little longer i really like eight nine i really like um 10 will get a little longer 11 would actually get shorter i don't like that as a par four even though i parked it on that video it looks really cool I mean, if I throw it and hit one of those trees, I still get a long look at it. Pretty easy birdie. So you um, want to shorten it and then make it a, a par three probably, par right? Par three. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. Uh, clear out a little bit of a hyzer line on um, 12 and maybe move the basket a little bit more further left. 13, I really want to make a tour tour pad. I think I showed you, Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool spot. Four, uh, what number are we on? 14. 14 is great hole. I liked where it was this year. Okay. Eagle would be earned. Yep. 15. 15, I'd move the basket a little bit. 16 and 17, I'd combine. And 18 is too iconic to change anything. Sure. And then, so w- with all those comes new tee pads. So permanent pads. And I think some of the holes will have three pads. Some of them will have two pads. And I would love to have pin locations, multiple pin locations on every uh, hole. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Um one of the uh, it was a solid question that got asked earlier today i think somebody maybe commented on my youtube channel was 
do you is there any concern about the barbed wire fence that has always been there it's been a, you know it's essentially a cow pasture or a cow grazing area for you know most of the year typically any changes on the fence do you are you worried or concerned about it or replacing it or taking it out or anything like that uh well some of them like if you're looking at 15 they have cows there and bulls so like that's going to have to stay there you know mm. with that one but yep. like i could see like whole 3 we could change hole three where that is, uh, sure. you know, where the hole is. Uh, and then other than that, there's not, it, it could change, but the barbed wire doesn't really come into play on, on many holes besides really 15. Yeah. Three. Maybe a little bit on the T of 10 and also on the T of three um, um, and or the yeah, green of yeah, two ten. possibly, but. And I, I'm not a big fan of where the T of 10 is anyways. So I, that okay. one's going to move a little bit, but uh but yeah, there's not a whole lot of spots where the barbed wire should should come into play. Okay. Uh, and then the other question that I thought while well, I was, uh, I don't know, promoting you being on the show tonight, I was thinking, will have you guys talked about a name, whether it's for the entire property, whether it's for the course? Mm-hmm. Is there anything yeah. that you guys could see changing or branding or, or altering about the name there? Yeah, we are definitely going to rebrand it. Uh, okay. Give it a give it a true name because right now you know people know it as Grand Canyon, the Canyon, uh, throw it on the mountain course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got all sorts of name, but it's never like officially had a name. You know, when they first yep. started it with Greg Hosfeld, I think he called it the Grand Canyon. Yep, G R A N Canyon. Yep. Um, but then as as Barnett took over, it kind of kind of shifted. Um, so with Dylan and I, we definitely want to give it a name, um, and we do have a name already picked out. But we want to release that when we're ready to uh, no exclusive. <laughs> but uh, we're, we want to release that when uh, you know we're ready to actually start opening up the gates and uh, all that fun stuff. Yeah, and just to again throw it out in case somebody missed it, you're currently uh, you're working with Mike Barnett, and we're going to talk to him in a little while, so we'll go over that uh, sure. more. But you're working with him kind of in a short term. Uh, situation where he can essentially use the place for a few more weeks, but then your goal for playable, open to the public, you know, pay to play or membership or however it's determined, what's kind of like a, a deadline that you're really shooting for for the rest of the world to uh, come play it and be on the property? So I would love to do it by the winter. I think it'll, it could be done by the fall, but you know, it's hard. It's hard to determine when fall and winter is in Florida. You know, they kind of blend together. So. I'd love to have it done by the fall because I'm going to go like with Cactus Rock and, and Dylan's other course in Alabama. Like they have a lot of work to do. Like they're doing it from scratch. This is already a disc golf course. Um, so I don't see us having to do a whole lot of work besides the parking lot and putting pads in. And we are going to cut in, you know, maybe a couple more like hole four. We're going to have to cut in the new tee box where we, where we want to put it five. We have to cut in a brand new hole. Oh, and then uh, actually, since we're combining 16 and 17, we're adding a hole between 8 and 9. Um, so that one we're going to have to cut into. So really only three three holes and maybe like four or five tee boxes we have to actually cut in. So I don't see a whole lot of work on that side um, besides doing the tee pads and putting some sleeves in the ground, which is obviously work. But, uh, you know, you can knock some of those out in, in, a, in a week or so. Um, so... I think it could be done by then, but uh, we we want to make sure it's completely ready by the time we actually open it. And when you say tee pads, I again I always make yes. uh, I make my own assumptions. But when you're talking about tee pads, what are you guys leaning uh, toward as to how what those will be? 
uh, materials and such? Typically, I love turf, um, but I'm have to ask around in Florida if if turf really works out. You know, with that with it being that hot and that you know that kind of wear and tear. Um, I don't know how turf handles that, um, so I need to ask that around. Um, does the Jacksonville course have turf? I, I was just thinking, like over at New World. Yeah, New World, World. New World. Um, maybe I think so. I feel like they were. I'm not sure. That, yeah, that vaguely. I don't, I don't recall. Springs to my mind, but yeah, I, and then which yeah, that's a little yeah. bit more north too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a little cooler up there. Um, yeah. but but I'm I'm gonna ask around and find out, and then see also with the property and whatnot what what would probably be better to go with. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be one of those two turf or for concrete and it's funny because i was thinking this during the final round of commentary with nate perkins and and ray just asked on the board do you uh, of course you're gonna you know make a few holes look a little bit different but when it comes to things like sawgrass on current hole six or really i guess i'd say almost any hole i think of the green of hole 14 which is a hole you just said you love you know the par five do you see yourself as is trying to essentially leave it as it was this weekend or do you think that uh you know there may be still additional trimming and or taming maybe that's a word would you consider taming any more of the sawgrass that's in play right now on any given section of the course i mean i think i think there's i think the sawgrass is like great bunkers for mm-hmm. some of these greens because you can still go over them you can go through some of them if you really want to they they are a pain you know because they will cut you uh <laughs> yeah. if you really jump into them um but uh i think they're great bunkers um and yeah, you can lose distance in them, and that that kind of stinks at times if you just <laughs> hire the one in them. But uh, I really like playing with the sawgrass and, and and having it as a as a that natural kind of bunker. But what's really cool is you can cut them down almost to like the little stubs, and they just mm-hmm. <laughs> it might take a couple of years, but they'll grow back. And it kind of reminds me of like uh, Maple Hill, you know, with their Christmas trees. They kind of plant <laughs> sure. them, and they'll come back. They'll be up in a year, but. It's sawgrass down here. You cut those things down, they grow right back up. So um, I think it's cool because you can kind of move some of these fairways with it, make them move different directions and shape it. Uh, and I think, like you said, six, they cut that left side down, which I would like to let that left side grow back up and then cut the right side down. So it kind of makes more of that left to right shape, uh, makes that second shot a little bit harder. Uh, yeah, and you have to understand. I mean, you have right. to figure with more people playing, some of that stuff might get knocked down naturally. Naturally, so you m- maybe don't want to pull it back <laughs> right away. Let it. Try Johnny, to I don't get... know if you've been in sawgrass, but <laughs> well, you can't I, really I, knock it down I, it, again. <laughs> if if this course is as popular as everybody says it is, yeah, it, it's it's going to get beat up. I mean, it's whether sure. it's going whether it's a little bit here or there. I'm just saying, you know, not maybe don't cut it down right away. Let it see how it's going to act for a year and then work. Like you said, work from there. If you realize like, no, it's not getting beat up enough. We needed, we do need to trim it back a little bit. No, I agree. Uh, I I would say if you you know that you're always looking to me for business ideas. So (laughs) when the, when the pro shop opens, you absolutely need to sell one legged, sets of protective guards oh, and yeah. pants like Charlie Goodpasture. The Charlie Goodpasture. Yeah, so that yeah. if you go in the sawgrass, you simply put on just one leg of these yeah. windbreakers yeah. or whatever. You, it, the, yeah. I don't know if he officially deems those like, these are my sawgrass pants, but you you have to have sawgrass pants. That should be a staple a in that yeah. pro shop. And then all you know proceeds go to Charlie. Yeah, yeah, I mean... <sighs> 
It was a good move. It was a good move. <laughs> so one legged. So if you didn't see it, Johnny, uh, and and he's he. I've seen him do this before. He did it on eight. Well, it used to be whole whatever six now. Many years ago, he went into some sawgrass. He has mm-hmm. a pair of windbreakers, essentially in his bag. And when he went in there on it's a man for my own heart, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. he put the windbreaker on just one leg. When he then stepped into the sawgrass. Mm-hmm. And... Because if it was a sleeve and it wasn't actual pants, it would have worked a lot better. Because he had to use one hand to hold it up, kind of. Oh. So if you just do a, a leg sleeve, you know, with the elastic on both sides, mm-hmm. that's all you need. All right. Yep. There's money to be made here. There is yep. money. Just two to elastic be... sides and you're set. It's reversible. <laughs> I like it. put your branding on it. You can put a little disc golf guy on there. I, I Okay. All right. Sold. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you, you'll be my first, cu- you might be my only customer, <laughs> my only client, but uh, when these are sold in the pro shop uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and now, you know, Dylan Cease, uh, of course, he opened, we talked about that a little bit, open for the White Sox. It turned out to be a no decision yeah. for him back on Thursday night. But uh, what were some of the, you know, conversations you guys had throughout the weekend as he was watching, you know, the, the entire world talk about the property he's half owner of? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So he starts tomorrow. Um, and we, we have, I have some ideas to run by him. Um, but I told him we'll wait until after he, after he pitches <laughs> he okay. and, uh, yeah, let him, let him do his thing. But, uh, yeah, he was talking to me. He was waiting for your coverage as you know, that's why he came out with it so fast. <laughs> yep. Just to appease Dylan. Um, yep. Yeah. So he, he, uh, he loved it. And he's like, I'm so hyped to see this place because he's only seen it on coverage. And, and as people know, <laughs> Coverage doesn't really do do these courses justice. Um, not until you stand in face to face with this cliff that you you gotta throw eighty feet straight up a hill. Um, you don't. So know he how never high has been on the property. Like, no, I was gonna say that's no. a lot of trust. I mean, I understand no, you guys are you, you you guys are friends and business partners and other aspects, but for have to have you just call him and be like, "Hey, pal, I got a I got a really great course. You probably heard of it. I mean, you, you maybe even you've seen a few holes. You maybe not me. remember. Just trust me." Don't sweat it. You're a mate. You're you're probably the best pitcher in the league or top five right now. But so just yeah. just trust me, brother. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't even think he saw or recall seeing video mm-hmm. um, until uh, until we already were putting an offer in. But uh, okay, so, so let's, I'll follow that up and say, how public is the the number or numbers that have been discussed? Have you have you you've yeah, openly we, discussed we those? Yeah, we said it. We set it on the the Nick and Matt, but we paid one point two million for it. Um, and yeah, that that's a little bit more than we wanted to spend and what we initially offered. But I mean, realistically, when we when Dylan bought his other property, the Cactus Rock, he's paying probably double in building the course than what mm. he paid for the property. To where this one's already a disc golf course. Sure. You know, we're not really having to to do that kind of work. We're not having to to build the infrastructure, cut all the trees down, do all this, do all that where that's that's a lot of the money the most we're probably going to spend is on the parking lot um and and depending on how intensive we get with the pro shop that's going to be a good expense too but uh we we don't have to we don't have to cut much on the course luckily in in the designing part um there's going to be small changes to the design but i think through the 11 years barnett's run this tournament he's kind of found the best flow for the property um and and i i agree for for just real Quick, talking about Cactus Rock, that course is, as you said, kind of from, well, it is from scratch. Is it going to be pro tour caliber? Are we talking 
I've heard mixed things. Is there gonna be enough room for spectators? Like, how is that gonna go? Because the the few pictures I've seen, it looked a little. Uh, it, it didn't look spectator friendly at that point. Yeah, it was definitely any pictures you've probably seen have not been spectator friendly yeah. at the time. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of work to be done, but they got he's got an incredible crew out there with the Williams brothers, um, and it's these three brothers who moved from Maine and they started a. Uh, one of them moved down, the oldest one moved down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama and started a landscaping business. And then his uh, two brothers followed suit and it's the three of them and, and some other employees. And they just, uh, they partnered up with Dylan and now they, they love disc golf and they're, they're building, they're building a course out in uh, Tuscaloosa. So, um, they, so we're, we're, I don't know if it's public, but it is, it, it may be, but we're doing a finding the lines episode there. Um, series, I should say. And uh, Avery has gone out there uh, with me and, and he kind of shared some input on some holes and things like that. And he was telling me he's never seen a crew that's just never said no. They're like, no, we'll, we'll find a way to do this. <laughs> and uh, we just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. So do I think it's tour, pro tour caliber? 100%. Um, and I think it's it's – when you think of Alabama disc golf – this one really reminds me. I, so it's funny. Um, I know I'm jumping story to story, but uh, when I went there to the property and looked at it with Dylan, I told him this kind of reminds me of this course in Florida called the Third on the Mountain course. Um, <laughs> and it gives me some kind of W.R. Jackson vibes. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, a few weeks later, he's buying, you know, the Third on the Mountain property. So, uh, so yeah, so it's got bigger, probably two to three times bigger uh, cliffs and stuff than the Third on the Mountain property. But unfortunately, we don't get to throw down them the same um, as you do in in Florida. But uh, you get to play on some and and uh, see them. Some of them are more visible than they are playable. When you finally retire in a lot of years from now, how many courses of yours are going to be on the pro tour? Is it going to be just like the Paul McBeth tour courses? And it's like, oh, cool. This, you know, I mean, I'm not. I'm only kind of joking because. In golf, we see you know, a lot of Arnold Palmer courses. We've seen like all these great mm-hmm. designers that do this who were former golfers. Are you going to have three, four, five different courses that were designed by you? Maybe Pro Tour and Silver events, kind of. Is that is that your idea? Is that your plan? Or or are you happy with just the the, the two two courses you have right now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a plan. I mean, it's it's not – I shouldn't say it's a plan. I mean, even Worlds next year is going to be in Lynchburg, and I had a hand in those too. Um, so with if these two got on, then, yeah, technically there could be four. But it, I feel like a lot of it just has to do with the land. I feel like mm-hmm. the land's design it is just who can see it and who can, you know, who can kind of pull it out of the property. Because the Tuscaloosa one, um, when Avery went there, and as the work progresses – you know, having uh, an eye like Avery go out there and be like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? It kind of really opens it up. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I can't take full credit on, on something like that, you know? So uh, it's, it's a team effort for sure. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to, it's cool to have a lot of them, uh, a lot of the courses, but I can tell you I'm not designing the course to be like, oh, this is how I like to play disc golf. I want to design the, the toughest course that that land allows. Sure. Uh, and that's possible and the most challenging because it, I hate saying it, but I feel like all these golf courses kind of take away a lot of shots that we used to throw in disc golf. But when you move to these private courses, you're, you're seeing shots that you don't see out on tour. 
Um, and, and for me, I feel like the power fairway is kind of gone. You know, the power fairway shot, the fairway drivers are kind of starting to, to go away, which at first when you go to the golf course, it's kind of the mid ranges. Now the fairways are starting to disappear. So, um, I think with these private courses and these designs that, that these players are allowed to do, you kind of see those pop up a little bit more. Um, so I don't know. That's just my opinion, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think these private courses are where, where it's at. I think you're right because I, I've I've said for a few years now I feel like some of our players are losing some touch shots. Everything mm-hmm. seems to be power hyzer or power forehand, yeah. and 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 then see, from and from there then you use your approach disc or a putter to get under the basket yeah. if you're not if it's a par four or not, or another driver if it's a par five. We see mm-hmm. a little bit of exception on that. I think Waco has a few still that are out there that I I, I like, but I think you're right in that some of these shots. That you and I, or you and I, I'm kind of pointing to Terry, that Terry and I saw growing up, we don't see them nearly as much as we used to, as we do now. So, yep. I mean, you see it with putting, too. These baskets catch nearly anything. They prefer mm-hmm. firm putts compared to, mm-hmm. you know, the touch of the Mach 3s and even the, the chain stars back in the day. Uh, you know, you had, to, you had to come in with some speed control. And now you can kind of just hit them as hard as you want, and they catch the majority of them. And when they don't, people complain. Oh, how did that spit? Yeah. It's like, dude, threw it 50 <laughs> exactly. miles an hour from four, from 25 feet. How do you, yeah, you know? And it hit high left chain. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah. it makes perfect sense, Paul. I mean, if we're just going to kind of, if we if we bring it back and reword what you're saying is, you're getting older, and as you do, you want the courses <laughs> to suit where you're skilled. No, I mean, I, I there's plenty of understable discs for me to throw further. <laughs> okay. I think I think okay. there's so many discs now that I can just... The older I get, the less stable I throw. I'm just throwing further. Yeah. So, so let let me. <laughs> well, no. When he starts going to 150 class. Yeah. Let <laughs> let me ask you this. So much of the response for that that park job on uh, on mm-hmm. hole number eleven. So much of the response was what I wish I could flip a force like that, or I wish I had a flippy force. Can can we? Does that drive my point home more that? Sometimes in the bag videos are just effing stupid because you throw it like that force is probably stable still for a ton of golfers and you're yeah. calling it a flippy force and getting it to turn the way you did. Like, yeah. not all forces are the same so, for that reason, right? It, well, it depends on what you say. So it's my most understable force. I'm not saying it's understable. It's my most understable force. So... Um, you know, it's not like if I was to go out there and just roll right over, I'm not calling it an understable disc at anything. It's just, if you grabbed all my forces, that would be the most understable of the bunch. Yes. And Um, and I guess it's just, my point is so many people get really hung up on, well, yeah, Macbeth has five forces in his bag and just realizing your forces have a wide range of, of beatness. And I just think too many people get really hung up because most you would never equate enough a force yeah. with turning one over. And then the way yeah. you threw that, A, you're one of the best throwers in the world, and B, it's your least stable force. That's that's kind mm-hmm. of my whole point about why I hate in the bag so much. Well, and you gotta realize too, I mean, how fast do you think that disc is going down that hill? Eighty five mile oh eighty five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that I'm throwing it that fast, but it's screaming down a cliff, just gaining speed. So Sure. It's definitely going down that hill faster than I threw it. Uh, so that's definitely going to make a lot of disunderstable. So uh, some, one of the other questions, which is very fair, if you had to guess, and I know you looked at a ton of property, you and I looked at a couple of the things, but if you had to guess, how much of the 63 acres do you feel like the course 
currently consumes. Is there a ton of unused property out there or not? So there's, I've been calling it, there's a big black hole in the middle of that course. It's not mm-hmm. used. So if you look at where the basket, where the tee box of four is, there's nothing from four's tee box to six's tee box and from five's tee box to like five's basket to six's basket. There's a huge hole mm-hmm. in the middle of that course that's not used. So that's where I'm putting five, the new hole five is in that big black hole. And then the new nine will be in that similar hole. Um, So I'll be putting two holes in this big area that's not used. Um, And then I would say a lot of the property is used, but it's always hard to factor because the parking lot's so big. Sure. How much of that acreage is. So I would say the course probably sits on 45 to 50. Um, Okay. And then the, the parking lot's a big chunk of it remaining. And then there is another ridge, which... We could make an insane spectating area from the top of the ridge up above like uh, 14, 13, 12, and even even 11. But mm-hmm. we'll see what we want to do with that. We might make camping. Who knows what we can do? But I, sure. it's not enough to build houses. There's no way you can build houses. But there's enough to, to do some things, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, but. I, I, I want to clarify it's because a- I think I kind of I blurted out or adamantly said, uh, last, I think it was last week, in talking about all of this in general, as I said, there's not electricity and there's not water on the property. And you and yep. Dwayne have clarified there is a well that needs to be redone. Yes. So there is, you know, water to the property, so to speak. And then there yep. is an electric line that is right near there that yep. obviously would then have to get tapped into. So yep. my point is that we haven't had running water or electricity on site. Clearly, yeah. it can be added and it's not as much of a lift as I thought, honestly, it was going to be because I didn't realize that both of those were, uh, you know, uh, essentially dormant or, you know, available. But yeah, so that will be a little easier than I originally had said, thanks to your Uh clarification. And and I've learned a lot about the property too. There was a house on the property. Like we, the VIP parking is actually the foundation from the house. Yeah. So we just park on a concrete slab and that there is actually a tennis court, which is the putting green. So that was pretty cool to find out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and it used to be a mountain biking before it was disc golf, and that's how it got discovered for disc golf. And uh, I think Ellen Widboom, who lives literally just, her parents live just like a mile and a half down the road, who graciously let me go over to their house and edit during the day. <laughs> um, Ellen was talking about that very tennis court, and I, I think she was even maybe, I think she said she was, uh, you know, got lessons from the gentleman that, you know, lived there. So this kind mm-hmm. of really beautiful you know, uh, meshing and melding that we've seen, you know, of the property throughout the years. And now the fact that you're going to be uh, taking things over there is, is just really cool because there's that history. Uh, you, you know, you talked about 1.2 million. Um, is, is it public, the split that you guys have in, in your ownership? Does that matter? Oh, we went 50, 50. Yeah. You guys are 50, 50 on it. And then yeah. uh, did you guys at all talk about the, uh, what that process was like in terms of, you know, uh, somebody else being interested in it and how that came about for you guys. Say that again. Uh, did you guys talk at all about how uh, there was basically another interested party that was oh uh, looking yeah, yeah. at the property as well and, and for a very different reason, right? Yeah. So the, the background story of how we ended up with it was uh, Mike Barnett was running Obviously, the Throwdown the Mountain weekends. He ha- he has four weekends, uh, 
four tournaments throughout the six weeks that he rents it. I think he gets a 45-day lease um, from Suzanne, who is the former owner, and he would set that up through the the county of Brooksville or, or the town of Brooksville. Mm-hmm. And that would basically allow him to run the tournaments. And uh, I guess it was like week two of him running the events. It was pretty early February. Um, Suzanne reached out to him and said that this guy was uh, going to buy the property. And uh, he came in with a really good offer and that she wasn't looking really to sell it, but the guy just came and, and wanted to buy it. And, you know, when someone comes and offers you a good amount of money <laughs> and it's just land that you're not doing with, much with, um, you listen. So so he was uh, serious and she was like, uh, told Mike and Mike was just kind of, you know, surprised by it. And was like, wait, 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 let me, uh, if I want if this was going to be the last throwdown, I wanted to at least announce it and like make, get some time to plan it and, and let people know. Uh, so that was his biggest, biggest worry at the time. And, uh, and then he just happened to, to reach out to me because I, th- I did a signing, I think in November or December, uh, at Sun King when they opened their new store mm-hmm. and was just like, Hey, if, if they're ever going to, you know sell it just just let me know like i'd love to just hear a number uh and just hear because I, it would be so cool if this was actually a permanent course and uh so when suzanne dropped that news on him he he reached out and i said well, yeah just just let let me know number um because we're in the process of selling our house in virginia so i might have had a little bit of money and uh found out uh <laughs> that we she gave us about 48 hours to come up with a realistic offer and uh she didn't tell us how much the other offer was and then we gave an offer and she said well so and so is offering this and we're like okay well we're pretty far off (laughs) so uh i uh yeah i needed to to find someone who was into buying courses at the time which dylan had just bought (laughs) cactus rock Uh and uh i said hey man i know you're into you're into things you're a twin you like to you, you know you you wanted to get a cat you end up with two your brother wanted a dog he came back with two what about two disc golf courses, Dylan? What do you think about this? <laughs> That's a sales pitch if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> um, so uh, he said, he asked some questions and we, uh, yeah, we ended up throwing a number. She she actually said, if you, if you can offer this number, it's yours. And we said, dang, that's more than we want to spend. But uh, <laughs> we ended up hitting that number and then, that guy matched that guy ended up offering a dollar more and then she was like, I don't know what to do. And so, uh, yeah, it was and you flashed 30 days later. Like, we owned it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. yeah, we were like, I said, we're not going to get into a bidding war. So sure. Um, yeah. So 30 days later we were the owners. So we actually owned it, I think two weeks before we actually announced or maybe two and a half weeks, I think before we announced. Um, but we were trying to keep it a secret. Um, until the pro weekend, but people started finding out. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're not the best at keeping secrets, right? <laughs> well, so what's funny is when we, when we became the owners, when we became the owners, our names had to be on the waiver. At, well, our, our names had to be somewhere. So we said, put them on the waiver. No one ever reads those. So <laughs> I do. People read the waiver. Bracelet. Yeah, my bracelet. yeah. If people read, would have read the waiver, they would have known that we were the owners. Okay. okay. About probably week two, I think. Uh, <laughs> Let me teach you about shell companies, Paul. No. Yeah. Now, uh, 
clearly this is, uh, you know, this is iconic property. It's historic and, and it's got so many great vibes. And I personally overheard dozens of people saying, hey, thank you. Thank you for buying this. Thank you for making this happen. Dare I ask, is there a big, is there a bigger end goal? I mean, is are, are you guys concerned about the money it, it may or may not generate? Are you concerned about making money or breaking even or hosting, you know, these, these, you know, top tier events. Like when you think about the bigger picture, like what's kind of the end goal to it? I mean, of course we don't want to lose money on it, doing it, you know, it, it, it's an investment for sure. Um, and if I was going to invest in something, I want to invest in disc golf. Uh, so, um, you know, it is nerve wracking. That's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. so it's, and, and, you know, like, like I said, if people watched, uh, interview at the end of your video there from round three you know they, all these thank yous and all the all the uh, congratulations all that stuff like like it's so humbling and i appreciate everyone but i'm i'm still looking at it like it's not done <laughs> like we haven't opened the mm -hmm. course up yet like uh i'll be i'll be happy and satisfied when we can actually you know drop the name and open the doors so people can come and play and enjoy it because so many people don't get to because it is only open for four days or four weeks out of the year. Um, so, so yeah, that's when I'll, I'll be satisfied and happy with it and be like, okay, we're, we got this rolling. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to that though. At the same time, it's nerve wracking, but I'm looking forward to forward to it at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, I hope it does well. I, I mean, I think it's, it's really cool. It's very unique course in Florida and it's very unique course in disc golf in general, you know, there, there's not a property that I can compare to this, that we've, that we play anywhere on tour. Yeah, it is definitely unique for a lot of different reasons, especially because it just, it, you know, as, as everybody that's seen it for the last few years, it sticks out like such a sore thumb within Florida. And of course it's not a real mountain, you know, people can need to like get over that. It's just a play on the fact, uh, you know, that it does have some of that hilly terrain and, yeah. and whatnot. So th that's the first obvious thing, but it, it is unique in how it's laid out, especially with that surrounding area. Johnny was just talking about shell companies. So I've got a, then I I've got a great idea to lob up to you again. Another one, another good one. You should reach out to the people at the Paul Macbeth foundation and see if they, I mean, it's an underserved area. See if they maybe would want to put a course in Brooksville here at this, uh, this place that doesn't have disc golf, like, 48 other weeks of the year. Mm. I don't know. I'm just saying the foundation might be able to help out there. Um, well, we at least know that they have a, a, a very good history in putting courses in. I mean, they're very experienced. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm just they are. Uh, baskets. I, I know we're getting into a few of the trivial details before we uh, jump over to music city and then we'll yep. let you go. But baskets, other equipment is, is that determined? Is that, a, is that on your radar as a concern right now? Does, is discraft paying Mach threes? Uh, Mock threes. There you definitely. go. Okay, so Big Germ will be first to definitely. show up. I like it. I, yes, hey, no, listen, I, I love it. Mock threes, like like you said, I'm a big fan of speed control with putt. So, <laughs> um, no, well, uh, I think we'll go with two sets of not two sets of baskets. We'll go with two baskets per hole, but obviously they'll be chain stars. Okay, uh, chain star pros. So, um, yeah, so we'll probably do the two two different color uh, baskets, and then. Uh, Two to three T pads. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if we'll do three on every one, but some of them I definitely know will have three pads. Um, so we'll see. So Go multiple with, layouts yeah. that you can play. 
go with the airborne method and you know sponsor out holes you know get uh, custom sure. bands on it you know for you know four or five grand i'm sure someone would buy a hole for 10 years you know good sponsorship yeah all yeah, right yeah. let's and, I, and we're definitely going with like the lifetime membership and yearly memberships and day rates and stuff like that so trying to be trying to be unique with it but uh let people feel like they have a piece of it mm-hmm. as well um because it is you know this this is this course is definitely bigger than Dylan and I. It's not. It, it's been around. It's not like the Cactus Rock where where that's being created. This is something that has so much history behind it. So, all right. So let's transition quickly over to just uh, give us a, a a Music City Open uh, preview from your perspective. Uh, you headed up there yesterday, right? Monday, yesterday. Did you? Did you <laughs> yeah, get some golf in? What'd you see? Uh, yeah, I got in today. There was today. some weather. Yeah, there was some weather and then accidents, and it was it was it took like fourteen or fifteen hours to get here. It was way longer than it should have been. For what should have um, been six, eight and a half, nine eight hours, half maybe. Hours. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, but uh, course is way different. So I played it two years ago. It's completely different than two years ago. Um, it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, Hopefully the weather holds up. Like today was windy, but there was no rain or anything like that. Um, fairly long. Uh, 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 lots of distance drivers. Lots okay. of distance drivers. And uh, my biggest complaint is that we're putting on the dynamic disc baskets. I don't know which ones, but they're all they're all temporary, and they're the mm. the shiny chains ones. So the, the stainless steel ones. Yeah. So the veterans the stainless steel chains and then they're all temporary baskets. So they like cut through and spit out a lot. Mm. So I don't know if it's cause they're not leveled cause they're all temporary baskets or whatnot, but that's just one thing I really, that's my biggest complaint on the, on the course. Like it's not that hard to put sleeves in the ground. It's not, you know, you dig a hole and you put a sleeve in the ground. And, the, the, and, the, and I guess this follows, I'll follow that up with this is otherwise a, a temporary course, right? This isn't, yeah. if, if you were out I think in so. that area six months from now, the course wouldn't exist. Yeah. Is that correct? I, I don't know much okay. of the history on that or, or how it is. But I know it's okay. just you could literally put a bucket in the ground and dig a sure. hole and then dig it up if you want. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my biggest complaint about them mm. uh, is because temporary baskets just tend to, to spit more. I mean, chain stars, you know, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, anything that's on a temporary one tends to – if it's not leveled perfectly, it'll, it'll sure. spit. But um, – it's always hard to judge a course when it was that windy out as it was okay. today. Um, but it is, like I said, a lot better than two years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I, I feel like I saw a tweet earlier today from Ella Hansen or yesterday, and she kind of echoed exactly what you said. She really enjoys it. She says, it's clear there's been a ton of work and yes. this feels like almost an entirely different course and that she was really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So it, you know, I feel like, it's safe to say it wasn't a favorite of players a couple of years ago. And so now uh, I think it's going to be great to see, you know, the changes and everything yeah. else that you guys talk about. Um, do you feel like there's anything out of the ordinary? Uh, you know, you obviously uh, had the, I, I was going to say the weekend off. You really didn't uh, uh, of course, but um, you know, back on the pro tour elite series, all that stuff, any, anything, anything the disc golf world should be looking out for this weekend. Maybe that's the best way to word that question. Looking out for. Yeah. Thinking um, about not, you know, what should we know? I don't know any surprises this week. I don't know any, any inside stuff or anything that's going on. Um, 
no, I don't. I don't have much from this week. I will say one thing that I have noticed is like we haven't had any concerts or anything this year, which is interesting. I feel like we. Yeah. This would have been. I, I, think I mean, KJ's we're in Nashville playing this weekend, but not. They are having Corey some Wong. music. What's that? They are having some music. I I heard. Uh, I I feel like I saw KJ post and say, "Hey, I think I'm I'm going to be performing or doing some this weekend," or maybe okay. he was just throwing just it out there, Nashville. hoping that it that it sticks uh, sticks, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This is the this is the place where you should have some kind of live music going on. I mean, we're in Nashville. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that would have loved to come for free to perform. Yeah, put them on a stage. Yeah, I I can't say I know anything about that. I I'm going to be hosting my first ever Tournament Central show this weekend, so I'm sure I'll be seeing some uh, some clips and some uh, maybe even talking to you at some point. I'm not sure. We'll see. I have I haven't seen any tournament central coverage yet. I feel like it just disappears. Like you have to see it live or it's gone. Yes, so it, it, it'll be there for stuff. you this weekend. Me, me, and Perks are gonna have it on lockdown. I think. Okay, we'll see. Uh, anything that you or Hannah or any of your fans need to report back that me or Perks got absolutely wrong this weekend. Any, any, uh, any, I think he, any, think he watched the footage. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Any Hannah or, or, <laughs> or his fans and anyone be like, you believe what Miller said? That idiot said, blah, blah, blah. On this hole. Was, was there any major corrections yeah. that we should, you and I should hash out I, right now? I think I was seven feet combined on hole one, not eight <laughs> okay. feet okay. for the three rounds. I think you're off there. You're fired, Miller. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, Johnny fired. didn't see him yet. Um, I'll show him after the show. You on hole number one was was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, I had one I wish if we could play hole one eighteen times, it would have been <laughs> it yeah. been a walk in the park as the PDJ <laughs> commercial say. <laughs> um uh, yeah, you, you had that one dialed, that's no, for sure. I, I mean I think I think you guys crushed it with the coverage. Um, you know, I think it was very highly anticipated. Uh, and I, I think one, cause Dylan and I bought the property, but two, it just happened to be a great off week. Um, and there wasn't much coverage going on people weren't consuming disc golf. So I think it was just, you know, perfect time for everything. Uh, so if you haven't watched the coverage, go and watch it. It was very entertaining and, and, uh, yeah, you can get a little preview of what the course looks like now. And then next time you see it, it'll probably have some tee pads, but I guess I do got to say with Barnett is, uh, keep up with Sun King cause he is going to open up the disc golf course, um, I think, starting May around Cinco de Mayo. Um, and he'll open it up for about a month, month and a half or something like that. So it'll probably be a similar layout as to what it is now. And this will be the last time you see it without uh, permanent pads and such. So um, you might be able to get a sneak peek onto some of what these tour pads are going to be, too, because we'll probably okay. be doing the work at the same time. So uh, go out there right. and support Sun King. One prediction. Yeah. For tomorrow, over under six and a half strikeouts for Dylan. Who are they playing? San Francisco. I have no idea. Oh, I hope. I hope. I hope over for sure. All right. <laughs> They're playing San Francisco in Chicago. Yeah, it should be over. Okay. Yeah. That, did he have nine or ten opening day? Ten. Ten. Okay. He had ten Which opening day. Tied a record day, yeah. of sorts, right? Uh, it might have tied a White Sox record like, or like a yeah, White Sox but, opening uh, day record or something. something That's like what that. I yeah. saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like if it, that was later in the season, he probably would have gone at least another inning and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but opening day, they kind of he's got a long season ahead of him, so <laughs> I don't see him going more than six or seven unless he's got a no no going. But still, still might be uh they might still pull him. So who knows? Uh, uh, final question. Then I took this one to Reddit today, which I don't often do, but I took this one to Reddit. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting getting your perspective. 
I worry that some of the coverage you were playing with gentlemen that aren't known, that aren't well known nationally or internationally, you know, all great guys. We already kind of actually gushed about how good they are. So this is no slight to them whatsoever. But I did pose the question to Reddit today and I said, hey, I got the coverage out relatively quick next day, every day. And it didn't get as many views. And this isn't me complaining about it. This is me trying to truly assess the situation. And I said, am I making a mistake by basically not just putting your face on every thumbnail? Uh Because I kind of spread them all out. And I lately have been putting everybody on and splitting them up by twos. Am am I crazy in thinking that? Is that something that anyone else should be offended by? What are your thoughts on that? I I think the only... (sighs) What I could see is just the tournament name. They didn't recognize it with the Pro Tour or sure uh, haven't. So I could see since it didn't have a picture of me, sure, they, they might not have clicked on it um, versus maybe the ones that did. Um, but yeah, like you said, no slight to the other players because they aren't, aren't known there. But if you watch these videos, you, you'll see that they will be known soon enough. Um, well, I mean, I could I could see it being a little bit different you know or like it could get fewer views because of that because the throwing on the mountain's not a pro tour event and then if you see Braden and and joey you might not click on it as quickly mm-hmm. um as if i was on it or if my name was on it or if it if it said dgpt throw it on the mountain whatever sure um sure i mean i could definitely see that uh happening but yeah i i think i did that with you at huck central a couple years ago when we filmed you and i and you were the biggest name at that event it was actually very similar field in in that sense there was a couple of other really solid players but Uh um i i feel like that was my play and and i guess the question to the other guys would always be hey would you rather us roll the dice and possibly (laughs) get say seventy thousand views you know, with just Paul's picture on it, but you're in the video and there's 70,000 views or you're on the thumbnail and maybe we're rolling the dice and it only gets 30,000 views. That's why you do three and three. You have Paul, the two guys, and then Paul, (laughs) Paul, and then the other guy. Just have him every, it was like, yeah. And to be fair, as some people suggested, all four don't really fit. It really, it really looks good when there is just one. Uh, Two is fine. Four gets really congested. So anyway, these are just random thoughts to try and make it better. Is there a difference between the one that I'm in versus the one that I'm not in? Like front nine versus back nine? Or is it the yeah, nine? and that's always tough because back nines almost always don't perform as well as fronts. Yeah. People get lost or sidetracked or lose interest. Or yeah. a lot of people just said, oh, I just assumed they come Paul out was going to win. <laughs> yeah. You know, that they was a big conversation. But Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know. But uh, if I'm in that situation again, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice on, on the idea of featuring – our most prominent players. It just gets into a really dicey zone of like, well, who who makes it, who doesn't? And, <laughs> and then everybody gets yeah. mad and they say, well, you, you had him on the back nine. You had him on the back yeah. nine, so I know who won. Well, there's a one in four <laughs> chance you're going to be on one of the two thumbnails, right? Like, Don't yeah. fall into stupidity, Terry. I know, but people yeah, say, I didn't say that. I the I'll, front nine. I only watched the back nine because of the <laughs> thumbnail. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, these are the dumb things I have to worry about. Or just always put them on the back nine and then, you know. No, I knew. I it knew gets, you had them on the no, back no, no, nine. No, 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 I'm just saying then because you say the back nine gets less views, at least then maybe oh, it pushes sure. up the back nine to even. I don't know, Terry, either just way. Just put a picture of you and then our names on the side. Some people did say that. Some people on Reddit, 
I don't think they were trolling or like, you really need to brand yourself and be out there more. I'm like, no, I don't. Nobody needs my picture on the thumbnail <laughs> at all. I, I uh, unequivocally shoot that idea down. I do not. If it doesn't involve me in front of a camera, then I don't have to have my face yeah. on it. So I wonder if that's why Jomez went away from pictures and just do the weird little graphics now. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a whole, I mean, you literally could take a college class uh, or a master's class on um, YouTube thumbnails, thumbnails. like there's a, there is an unbelievable science to it all. And YouTube treats them differently. And there's been different things. Can we get a shot of Paul just doing this? Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Cause that's, that's every YouTube video that I I see. (laughs) Paul McBeth shoots the mountain. (laughs) You'll never believe (laughs) what happened to Paul McBeth. Huh? I don't know. Well, we'll we'll keep figuring out. I'm sure Hannah's got this all figured out. She's not going to share all her secrets with me. <laughs> uh, la- super last quick thing officially is Paul <laughs> Macbeth Foundation. W- w- give us an update. Um. So, well, update. I was just on a call yesterday. We got two new people, uh, which is cool. That means the foundation is growing and doing well. So we got more people um, there. And uh, for me, next trip is to Spain. So that'll be my, when I head to Europe, that'll be my first stop. Uh, I'll be nice. stopping in Madrid. Um, and they already got the course in and everything. So they're already, they might have already have a tournament, but it'll be the first time that I get to see it and be there. Uh, so it'll be cool to stop by there. Uh, but projects left and right. I, I know there's some coming up to be announced soon. Um, but we were just going over that actually. While, we, while I was in Florida, I'm going over all that. So that'll probably be announced. But yeah, Paul and Foundation, I know there's an auction going right now or or coming soon. So be mm-hmm. on the lookout for that. On uh, You can go paulmcbethfoundation.org or Instagram's the easiest one, in, in my opinion, to follow. But uh, yeah, it looks like at least four or five projects this year. Um, so Heck yeah. Uh, but I, I guess there was supposed to be a trip down to Nicaragua uh, with the team, but... Um, forget what happened something ha- oh the baskets still haven't showed up mm. um or they got stuck or something like that um so they didn't send the team so so kevin jones is supposed to be going on that trip when it does happen nice. so that one's just been a little little struggle but yeah. uh yeah yeah just just follow i, I know that's gonna be an announcement here coming soon about some projects here in the u.s and then uh outside as well great okay yeah. awesome well you know i know the entire disc golf world uh, appreciates and thanks you and your crew who are doing all, all the work on the back end to make all of those happen. To, it, it's almost crazy to think I'm e- even myself, like just no longer do I even know where they're all happening because you've expanded and done so many of them uh, that it's pretty awesome to see that your your worldwide reach of your foundation continues to grow and thrive the way it is. It's absolutely awesome to see. So. Have you guys had a chance to see the Montenegro video? I have not yet. That was released on Jomez a few days ago. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Definitely check that out. Okay. It's such a good, good, like it, it's like a movie to be honest. Okay. Um, by far my favorite disc golf uh, video that I've watched. I mean, I'm, I'm in it a little bit, but mm. um, the, the yeah. story, I know the story. Uh, what are you on of, the thumbnail? How <laughs> I didn't click on it. You I weren't on the, the thumbnail. thumbnail. Yep. I am the thumbnail. Yeah. Um, see. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's so well produced and uh, awesome. it just, yeah, incredible. So we look forward to doing that with more of these projects and just kind of sharing the story um, of, of how disc golf, you know, the, I mean, that's disc golf, first disc golf course in Montenegro. So yeah, to, to be able to share that story of, of who knows where disc golf goes in Montenegro, but we have that story of how it first got there. Um, it's just really cool. Yeah. 
Clearly uh, creating and, and building on that legacy of yours uh, time and time again. I love it. All right. Well, you know, we could talk for hours, even though we just uh, hung out for half the weekend. But thank you for uh, providing more additional insight for everything that's happening down there in Brooksville, as well as uh, what you're thinking about this upcoming weekend. We wish you the best of luck. And like I said, maybe maybe I'll be chatting with you at some point through uh, Tournament Central this weekend. But best of luck to you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right. Paul. See ya. Have a good night. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Just put them on every thumbnail. Put them, <laughs> I mean, I put them on this one. I was just going to say. I, just I, a picture I, of him. I, I am, as much as people either do it, I'll say keyword spam or, or name drop or whatever, exclusively for the clickbaity version of it. Like, I work really hard to not do that. I'm clearly sacrificing some things by, by trying to stick to not doing that. And... I, I yeah, <laughs> but the joke was made today. Like yeah, even put him on thumbnails of tournaments he's not even at, and yeah. put him on absolutely everything. And, and and others were arguing. Well, was it just Paul that you could you know would we see the same of Ricky or Simon or Eagle? There's a few key ple- people that I think if, certainly. Now, the, granted, for whatever reason, we don't see those other people in some of these other videos that you tend to do. It seems to be Paul mostly because you're doing Throwdown the Mountain, you're doing these Florida events. You're not, you know, for whatever reason, Simon usually isn't the highest rated player at an event Mm -hmm. where there's a a gap like we saw with Paul here. I think, and again, I I, I really, really like your thumbnails. The two and two, I think when you go to the YouTube page, they line up real nice. They're colored. Everything looks great. I think maybe for some of these, you have to make an exception with, with Paul and just put all four of them on. All Eight, Paul all the time? Oh, four Pauls. No, all four. <laughs> yeah, four. Four Pauls. Hey, no, I, different I, poses. I, I, no, you're right in that it just it just it really gets congested. It does. I, I understand. that for a long time. I, I know you did. I four people, and I just felt like it got really congested, and they're so small that then maybe you're not even able to figure out who's who, and so I didn't really like that, but... Um, I'll Photoshop a mustache on the Paul and be like, <laughs> you know. Uh, nonetheless, it, it, I do appreciate everyone's insight. You know? Better yet, <laughs> dig up like an old like Paul the shaggy hair, Paul, Paul with the shaggy hair, the full hawk Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, along with the tips, the yeah. tips Paul, and then you know, <laughs> just four different Pauls. <laughs> I will I will fake out that uh, algorithm one way or another. You'll get them, Terry. You'll get them. Anyway, uh, someone's saying the thumbnails are oh, are boring. I'm not sure which ones you're talking about. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, there is obviously a science to thumbnails. And I was trying to think of somewhat of an analogy today. I was just thinking, like, 
yeah, thumbnails are somewhat like the cover of a book, right? Like if, if they're mm-hmm. not appealing to you, and I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but if it's not appealing, you're not clicking on it. And there's all sorts of uh, really interesting stuff about them. And, and even YouTube uh, you know, smart YouTube people have talked about the evolution of the science mm-hmm. and the algorithms and the things that go behind it. And I'm not clearly, I'm not just out for clicks. I want to put out good content that people enjoy, but you want people to find it. You, you want, want people, people to actually enjoy it. Yeah. And learning. like a weekend like this, where it was a little bit quiet on the, on the professional scene. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Now I also know I, I'm not any total idiot. Well, I know. Put Dylan come, C on him. <laughs> come Monday, no, no, come Monday. You know, uh, you have well on any given weekend. You have whether it's NFL, a Super Bowl Sunday, or you have a a Monday, you know, NCAA game or whatever. I understand there's certain things like that that can also impact your overall viewership. But clearly, a good thumbnail is is never going to hurt you. No. So uh, that that's just. A thought that I had today uh, when when looking at them, you know, because I think back to the memorial. Paul wasn't at this year's memorial. I think about the hype and the excitement, and I got it out a day later than even planned, and people were harping on me. And this time, I got it out exactly when you would have expected it, and just the viewership wasn't quite there. And and a lot of people admitted and said, "Well, I saw Paul was playing. I didn't recognize the other names. I assume he just ran away with it." And it's like, well, mm-hmm. actually, it was a really good battle. If you watch, it was a great battle, and uh, that wasn't the case. But I can understand you're you're drawn to names and other things that excite you. So speaking of exciting things, when I get that little message, that little alert from the PDGA website to know about new things going on, we we saw something today, didn't we? Tell us about it. You know, PDGA. Board of director candidates and candidacies and yes, the P- I, if that doesn't get you hyped, hyped PDGA hype, get on the hype train. Uh, there's an article out on the PDGA page talking about how they are updating the global board candidates. They're, they're they're seeking global board candidates, and they're changing up the way we're doing board of directors a little bit. It used to just be kind of a free for all. If you wanted to run for board of directors, you would just fill out like a one page application. Uh, and more or less run. You could submit all whatever you want to put on there, blah, blah, blah. The PDGA is actually putting a board together that is going to filter out candidates. And the application process is a little bit more Is that str- a better stringent. word than filter out? What? Yeah, I guess. Okay, go vet ahead. Vet filter the same out. Word. Yeah, it's the I same mean, thing, I guess. They'll, they'll vet them, but there are, <laughs> as they say, some desired knowledge and skills. There's a cover letter you need to write now. There's... Basically, they are going to, you know, and there's going to be a, a a third set of group of people that are going to help filter this out. It's not going to be, I believe, the board of directors in the future. It might be for this year, I believe, I thought I read, and okay. but not in the future, not starting next year. I just think it's too quick for what's coming up that they haven't been able to put a board together. So that we're going to hopefully get narrowed down the number of people because we've seen anywhere from, I think last year we didn't have that many. I think last year was like... Six or, or eight? 12? Oh, last year. I, I'm and the, the year before. And the year before 18. that was was like eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. And and to be fair, one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on that is when there's eighteen, obviously that's overwhelming. 
because mm-hmm. who nobody really wants to listen to 18 different people uh, no matter who it is or you're going to want to listen to like oh well, I think I kind of recognize this name or this person so I'll listen to those two or three or four you're probably ignoring a large majority of them at that point and then mm-hmm. just again 18 is an overwhelming number and so the idea that they're going to somewhat vet filter select whatever and trim down the Mm -hmm. the you know to narrow down our potential candidates i'm sure there's going to be detractors that say this is some form of gatekeeping or this isn't democratic or or whatever i whatever phrase you want that's fine i like the idea that there's going to be a little bit more of a of a threshold i don't want to say just of seriousness and uh there's a higher floor yeah yeah and i i I don't think that's wrong when we're talking about an organization that now has 250,000 members to it, and it, it, it's so much more impactful and meaningful. More Every year, it's getting bigger and bigger, the responsibilities of the board and what is really falling on their shoulders and on their plate. I don't mind that this likely is going to give us a better pool of candidates through and through i think just changing even the application process will help with that having to write a cover letter and it's it's not much i mean you could easily spoiler you could go to chat gpt and say write a cover letter for this board and one or two things and it's going to write you out a a really good cover letter that you'll probably just have to go and tweak a little bit i I need to get out there i've got some resume stuff to do Uh, i bet you do Uh, but there again there are other criteria that are happening now so it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good for everybody in the long run, and we'll, uh, maybe it'll help with voter numbers. I, I don't have a lot of faith in that. I, I think it will, and, and for the reason uh, I just said, I feel like you... I don't know. Only because you... Let's put it this way. It's not going to hurt, right? I don't think the numbers Shouldn't. will go down, but if you really think about it, if you're now, instead of looking at 18 people, which feels overwhelming or disinterested, in that now case, you yeah. know you maybe only have, I don't know what the number is, let's call it six. Let's just say the number is six. You have six people. They're all probably at least some. Obviously, they're all at least somewhat qualified at that point. They're kind of pre-qualified, uh, like a like a home loan. They're pre-qualified. You are probably now genuinely more interested when you're like, oh wow, there's six people, and I really kind of feel strongly about these two or these three. I I think now, granted, our numbers are getting bigger, but I think our percentage of voter turnout will increase. I hope so. It's funny because we're talking about voter turnout, and I pulled up our local journal Sentinel this morning. I voted, and there's a couple big uh, races that are happening, and that was great. And I went through those, and I go, yes, yes, this person, this person, and then there were some local ones that I didn't even think about, mm. and I was just looking at that like, do I just leave uh, a do I just leave a blank? Because I, I I don't I didn't yeah, look at informed decision. I didn't have an informed decision about like a local. A you know city tiny city board person and I'm just sure. like oh and then there were a few of them that had two candidates and it said please vote for two and I'm like oh that one's easy get them. <laughs> I hit both of them yeah so there were two or three that I just left blank because I I just didn't know and I didn't want to quote unquote vote for the wrong person but yeah interesting so hopefully if we're lucky this will help the uh the voting turnout it'll help the interest but like you said it really can't hurt. What can hurt is Mike Barnett, Barnett not sending me his correct email address. So the the link I was trying to send him just came back to me just to realize that he 
spelled his own email incorrectly. I'm not calling you out, Mike, but I'm calling you out here. Calling him out, Terry. (laughs) So hopefully now he should have the link, which then means uh, (laughs) soon enough we'll be able to catch up with him. I was like, why did this not go through and spell your company correctly, Mike, and we'll be able to get an email to you. PDGA had number 250,000. There's an article out there about that. Um, You can can read about uh, the gentleman named Mark Frederick's who is PDG number 250,000 and just tell he's been in the game long in that. So please go do that. And there's a few changes to WR Jackson coming up and we maybe we'll get into this a little bit more next week, but uh, they've moved hole 18 out into the open mm. towards the uh, IDGC center. And they're going to be able to put some grandstands out there. I think they shortened up one of the holes as well for, in, in order to accommodate some changes and flow of people. It's all out there on the, the PDGA site, if you want to take a look at that. I'll get more into that probably for Skip Ace in another week or so. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'll am i be interested because I, I haven't... Uh, there Was was there a map? Did I see a map produced? And that's why you were talking about 18 or no? I'm just interested to see if, right. if there's going to be anything, any Mando that kind of forces them to play it in there, a, any similar capacity. I believe they're shortening the T-pad somewhat on okay. 18, and they're lengthening the basket. Interesting. Okay. It's going to be a parfait. Five, I think, and they've got, they're going to put OB around the basket. And then I have to wonder if they're not. If yeah, I'll I'll just have to look because you'll have like to look. Terry, whole, they that, talk about is that it. Ten that uh... they talk about it. Terry, okay. Terry, they talk about it. Don't ask me questions. They talk about it. <laughs> yeah, did you listen? Is the question? I didn't listen, but I skimmed. Okay, okay. Well, which, which is as good as listening. Yes, clearly. Yes. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Uh, but a bunch of new discs approved as well. Companies I've never heard of. Giant Industry, the Statue of Liberty from Giant Industry. Interesting. Never heard of them, but okay, you know. Well, they're on the map now officially. Battleship right. from Remix Disc Golf. Remix Disc Golf has wow, is that a dozen, dozen and a half? Which is a weird number to say. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 discs. Pretty close. Almost a dozen. A dozen and a third. <laughs> as, as everybody always says, a dozen and a third. Uh, yeah, so quite a few discs approved by them. So uh, I, I'll say congratulations. I It is no small feat to get a disc approved by the PDGA. Obviously, you're submitting them for the testing. Jeff Homburg and the Technical Standards Committee, uh, uh, you know, Jeff reviews them. It goes to committee and they end up getting voted on, all that other stuff. You pay a fee to su- then uh, also to submit it for testing. Like, uh, yeah, so it's fair to say congratulations to everyone. I also see one of the ones that Nate Perkins had just mentioned uh, to me uh, this weekend, the fudge from Clash Discs. Uh, that's another one on there along with Astro Discs, Pie Pan Discs, Infinite Discs. Yeah, awesome. Wait, Clash yeah. just the Lotus. Yeah, that's uh, Nate Perkins' new disc, which you can be eligible for the giveaway if you didn't watch. You're crazy. I'm he opens he opens the round saying I have a bag full of discs and the bag to give away. Ah, I like Nate. Clash just has a theme. And you don't think Lotus fits into that? Lotus is a is a flower, right? Yeah, but the, it, it's almost like their theme is it's flavor. Not it's not food yeah. or flavor. So I don't I mean you can eat lotuses. I'm not going to judge. Lotus Lodi? L- yeah, but I I don't know. All right. Call well, me the- <laughs> call me skeptical. The disc is probably great. Uh, oh, it does feel great. It feels great in the hand. It holds holds any, any line. line you put it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good for not amateurs. too domey. 
good for amateurs, good for advanced players, and even pros can throw it too. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> with that, the guy that does have all the answers. He Haley, feels great in the hand too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he did this weekend. Uh, we're going to welcome to the show none other than Sun King's own Whoop. Mike Barnett. You got to click on something? Oh, Oh, sorry, Mike. You're getting upgraded. <laughs> on the fly. Yeah, it's a Mark Barnett. That's right. Welcome in, buddy. How you doing? You're live with us now. Uh, doing good. Doing good. How you guys been? All right? Uh, we are, uh, we're doing pretty good. And you, on the other hand, man, have you have you taken a full breath since wrapping up Throw Down the Mountain the fourth weekend? Terry, I haven't even moved into my new house yet. It's been... <laughs> Uh, it's been a couple of months, uh, literally like right here. Uh, I still have a stack of like Cubs jerseys and uh, I'm sorry. things that need to go in the closet and uh, <laughs> things like that. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, a lot of people may not know that uh, not only to get this event going, which takes about two months, uh, that we also had to relocate our whole operation Uh the end of last year and relocated our store and uh the previous property i was on i also had my my homestead so i had to relocate that as well so it's been quite a whirlwind um no i haven't really taken too much of a deep breath uh, uh got the tv report done that was good okay, okay. and uh, started started a little bit of the payout today but uh we're gonna get caught up uh, mostly tomorrow um the nice part about all of this is that uh, previously that uh, under contract, I had to have the course cleared by Wednesday. And now that we've got kind of some things developing, it's not the same pressure and uh, we can kind of, we're a little bit more flexible on getting everything, uh, you know, torn down and then prepped. I, I don't know if you talked about it, but we're doing the other six weeks of uh, play out there which is the first time in 11 years that that's happened. So, yeah. Uh, well, let, let's talk about before we get into that. And, you know, Paul, yeah, just yeah. briefly, Paul briefly touched on the idea that you, uh, you know, you're going to continue to do some stuff. And, of course, had uh, praise in that regard. This this event, you know, it was ultimately set up for six weeks and you had four weekends of competition, actually kind of a fifth one as well. So I, I don't know what numbers you do or, or don't have or what you've compiled, but just talk about the, any numbers you have and the overall impact that putting on this event really has, you know, for you, for Florida Disc Golf, like for the PDGA. What, what, what are these, I, I was going to say, what is this weekend like? What does this event mean? Well, yeah, the PGA makes a lot of money off this event. <laughs> okay, okay. That's, that's a starting point. Uh, especially, um, we went all eight tiers this year, uh, mainly because uh, last year, uh, you recall, we had the rain day during the pro weekend, which was, you know, super sloppy, muddy. And then uh, two, actually, I think three weeks before that, we had another rain out during the intermediate weekend. And back then it was just a B tier. And the reason we did that is obvious. It's most AMs can't really take Fridays off. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot, a lot don't want to, I should say. And so we always made it a two round B tier. The Canyon 
property to throw down course has always been um, a challenge in its own. So it's, you can almost equate it to being a third round just on the amount of time spent playing the course. It's typically a four, four and a half hour round. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get into that um, a little bit, but we ended up with a one day B tier last year um, because of the rain. And uh, so I said, all right, well, be careful what you wish for, because now we're going to go A tier, A tier, A tier, A tier, <laughs> which is a minimum of 54 holes for those keeping score at home. And uh, so it became a three-day event. And um, we ended up with similar numbers previously. We're right around 750 total players between the four wow. weekends. And then we did a uh, – on our, our open weekend, which we call an open play, it's just open to the public, um, I decided that I hadn't done enough tournaments in this time frame that I would throw in a <laughs> flex start C tier uh, on the Sunday, I believe, and got another 60 or 62. So just participants on the course were over 800. Um, we are probably one and a half times that for total unique players. So um, the the biggest thing about that is I don't know any other tournament that is three weekends, let alone four. And I will preface that by saying that we do have uh, it, it's speak. It's a single course. Like there's other tournaments out there sure. that draw a lot of players, but they're all multiple course events and whatnot. But, um, yeah, we've really streamlined it over the years. I mean, we started as back-to-back B tiers in January, mm-hmm. uh, the first couple of years. And that, you know, um, just didn't prove well with, I think, one of the days it was 29 degrees at <laughs> and first daylight. Mm-hmm. You know, got some of that uh, little Arctic blast from, you know, those Canadians up there sending some, <laughs> some love down. And, uh, but no, we, we, we've morphed it into this big thing. And, uh, I mean, I remember early on, let's say like years three and four, when things started to grow that our wait list just showed that we could open another weekend just off the wait list. Um, and that's where we're at today. I mean, we, we luckily, man, it, it's really timed out really good. Like we've only had to give a handful of refunds for people on the wait list that did not get in. Um, which I think is good for disc golf in the sense that there's such a demand for certain events and there, there is turnover obviously with uh, people dropping out and things like that. But our wait list was so huge that it did not even make a difference. We still ended up basically at, capacity across all four weekends. Wow. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I'm, of course, many know that I run a little C tier in November. Now I'm I'm running a B tier in a couple of weeks and any event is effort or a tremendous amount of effort. And then to think about you in a temporary course situation with multiple layouts as they kind of progress throughout the weekends. And then the effort it takes to get the course ready, the property ready, the rental, all of those things. And the fact that you guys have, uh, you know, parking that you have to very much coordinate so that you're as efficient as possible with fitting people in an on-site pro shop. 
uh, just all the things that go into it, 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 it's just exhausting, honestly, talking about it. And I, I've known you as a tournament director now for a couple of decades, but truly a, a incredible effort. When you're thinking about all the people involved, and I know I, earlier I talked about Dwayne and just his, his longevity of a, of a decade or so of, of helping out out there, but how many, how many people does this encompass when it's all said and done uh, from on your end? Yeah, we're, and I think this is what a lot of people may not understand about the economics of running something to this scale, um, is that we have, for just this event, for six weeks, we have a regular staff, which is right around eight or nine people that are just doing the operation during the week, like during the open play. But then when it comes tournament time, and especially as we, all right, so let me back up a little bit. Um, the biggest thing to know is that we do seven different layouts to match all of the skill sets that come out there. Um, and a lot of those are even a work in progress because, to be quite honest, it's experimental at some level. Like we can add a new hole. We made a big change to uh, hole 12 this year for the gold layout, gold and orange. <clears throat> and so a lot of it is just trying to tweaking to experiment for the experience for the player to have a better experience of the, the throw down the mountain kind of theme um, and giving them as much elevation change as possible to also me not wanting to deal with backups and slow play mm -hmm. and trying to design it to, so that the tournament itself is functional and that it doesn't create a bad experience because of, you know, whatever, a poorly designed hole or, or something to where it was unknown uh, that might just back, back the tournament up. But we do a lot of experimenting and we try to do it in little steps, right? So that we're not taking on too much to, to overload the system, but, um, yeah, so come the, the weekends, like this past weekend, um, you know, <clears throat> Paul can do some amazing things, right? <laughs> and one of them is bringing people that suddenly want to help. And, and I'm not complaining about anyone that we uh, had help, but man, we, we definitely had a little bit of a response compared to, to previous years and that all for the good, for sure. But we were... We even had a few extras on. I would say we had four or five extra people on. But we were running a labor force of about 25 or 26 people over the weekend. Friday was a little bit lighter. Just always started to pull in folks on Fridays. But, um, yeah, to to have almost 30 paid staff members, yeah, it was – I don't – I got away the last couple of years. I've gotten away from just like, hey, here's a player's pack you know, check out this disc that we, you know, grab a hat, <laughs> you know. Um, I just wanted to have a little bit more skin in the game and the ability to um, move people into position based on what was needed and what the skill sets were. So I put it out there that we were we were going to go ahead and pay our, our volunteers. So, um, and it helped. It helped. We got a great response and... Uh, like Saturday, um, 
I wasn't even at the course yet and just doing a lot of just back end stuff. And I, I, going back to what you're talking about, the uh, logistics of doing something so remote, because there isn't anything close for a grocery store or food or any of that stuff. We're, we're pretty remote. Um, and so it, it's literally like when I leave my house, I literally have to like map out what are you doing? Where are you going? What are you picking up? What are you dropping off? What do you do? like to get everything in line? And it's, it's a little bit of everything. And, um, I, you know, I tried to be super fluid with the Sam's club visits, but there was a couple of <laughs> times we had to make some extra stops and you know, it's, it's 20 minutes from the course. So, mm-hmm. um, it's putting all that together. I mean, um, I think, I know there's a lot of really good tournament directors and clubs out there to put on some amazing events. But when you start factoring in those, those types of X factors, like remote location compared to supply of products and things like that, like even like new products that are hitting, like we were lucky enough to get some of the test flight uh, zone OS, right. That came out, I think at Memorial or, uh, something, something out west, and uh, Bob Julio hooked us up and said, "Hey, I got a hundred for you." It's like, okay, well, I got to make sure I pick those up from the shop, right? Yeah. They're not going out to the canyon. Um, and then it's everything from even like uh, Thomas Gilbert had a drop while we were there, so we mm-hmm. had to make sure that that stuff was there. Um, new shirts coming in, new designs. Um, everything is just so remote. It just adds that extra layer of difficulty to just making sure things are getting out there. And we, we don't bat a thousand. No one ever does really, but uh, we run pretty efficient. You know, we, we have a lot of communication and um, I think that's key, but you know, after 11 years, we, we, we definitely got dialed in a little bit. So pretty happy with the last few years as we kind of amped up, um, we've kind of flirted with the pro tour a little bit. Um, we we're actually on a pro tour when COVID hit and, uh, um, we were, we were in prime position, but, uh, pulling it all off and getting, getting some of that stuff handled. Um, it's a big know, it's commitment to be on the pro tour. I mean, there's it a, is. That's yeah. a lot of money. To oh, be that is there's, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, not just the money, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you could find a way to manage that. But just all the other things that come with it as far as spectators and course setup, And there's just a lot involved with being on the pro tour. And I don't blame any tournament or tournament directors that don't want to do that because we hear about it all the time. Players or not players, sorry. Fans are like, God, I wish the pro tour would come to Idaho or wherever. And people are like, eh, maybe they don't want it. Like they're pretty happy with their you know, two to 300 person event that they raise 5,000 to $7,000 for. And everybody seems to be happy, but you know, you don't get the big pros in there and it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's not like 15, 20 years ago when I first started running events where uh, Florida would pull in, uh, they actually had an NT in Melbourne mm-hmm. for multiple years and the springtime open in Sarasota was a big draw for a lot of names along with the triple crown, um, you know, late nineties, early aughts. And, mm-hmm. um, now it, it's so much harder to, to 
even fit in with the tour and then the logistics of, I mean, the tour, I, I, I don't even know what the minimum requirements are anymore. I'm, I'm not sure we would be in that neighborhood with our closed window of our six weeks that we have to operate within, but, um, you know, yeah, it is, it's a lot. And I think when you think about, like we had one of the rings on one of the practice baskets broke. <laughs> Actually, I think it broke on a one of the holes on the course. I think, I think it was 18 or something like that. And we had to replace it with uh, one of the practice baskets. Like, oh, well, I didn't have that on my bingo card. Like, what's next? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we go down one more. We're we're down to you know we're 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 down to you know both practice baskets having a a broken uh, broken ring on them. So. <laughs> Uh, it's not like you have the, the permanent facilities, like the bathrooms, right? You got to sure. rent bathrooms. You got to mm-hmm. put a bunch of tents up. Uh, you got weather. You have, I don't know if you saw the uh, the pastry dyes tent went flying. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're up there for that. But, you know, it's just all that type of stuff that wouldn't happen if you had a pavilion or, you know, some type of permanent structure. So it's a lot of additional uh you know, just logistics and structure building um, coming into it. And and to get it all done, I mean, Terry, you've been out there, I don't know how many years now, but um, come gold layout, gold and orange the last couple of years, we've done that layout. Um, we need, there's some, we need spotters out there. We need traffic control, um, you know, and it's, it's like you got to have good people. And, uh, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of that overall. For sure, and and so with all of that being said, the the I don't want to call it a nightmare, but the logistical challenges and and the obstacles to overcome, the energy, the effort, the people, the money, the infrastructure, or 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 the challenges with the infrastructure, uh, you're going to run more more golf out there. So let let's talk about that. You, you your your yeah, plan so. is to is to still be <laughs> on site on property, letting people come out and play. Um, yeah. Yeah. T- tell everyone what that means. So the funniest part about this story is that um, my crew, especially the, the guys out there, like DJ and Ian, and the, they thought the six weeks was starting like next week. And they were like, <laughs> 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 like, we just got done with six weeks. What do you mean there's another six weeks? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're taking a month off. We're like, okay, we, yeah, yeah. we don't have anything nailed yeah, out yet. It'd be crazy to do it right away. Let's take a month off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of being out. So, there. okay. Yeah. So, what the conversation came down when, when Paul and Dylan were trying to just structure how this is all going to play out. I mean, this has been a massive conversation mm-hmm. um, going on since even uh, before the property was officially changed hands, right? So, um, they are obviously heavily invested into the property and we're just looking for opportunities to, um, generate revenue. And one of the plans early on was to try to do another run before it gets super, super hot here in Florida. And so we're going to do a run into, um, we're looking at early May, maybe that first weekend in May, and then going to the second weekend of June. And I think we're going to approach it with a little bit more casual approach and not, I don't want to say not be as serious about it, but I think we want to have a little bit more fun. 
And that would include, <clears throat> I have like four ideas that I'd like to do and I may choose two or three of them and then leave the rest for kind of open play, uh, open play weekends, which just really takes a lot of stress off our staff <laughs> and the open play does. Um, but there's a few things I would like to do either a doubles event, a true like doubles event, like two rounds out there. Like a bring your own partner oh. one or random. Yeah. Yeah. A, B, a BYOP. All right. And then also potentially maybe a team event. Mm. Um, I've, I've kicked around the idea for a while. I, I've actually thought about this for about five or six years on how to do a team event out there. And, uh, Terry, you remember I did the threat or the monster on the mountain back in yep. 2018. Uh, that was our first, uh, that was like gold course 1.0. That was our first time that, uh, we had cleared enough property and made enough changes to get to a, what our first crack at a gold course was. Well, I thought, well, if I keep doing that fall event, you know, we'll, we'll have some opportunities to do some other stuff. Well, <clears throat> then I, every time I like addressed it, it was like, Oh my gosh, we're gonna do all this again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, bring out all the baskets, put out all the teas and do this again. And um Monster on the Mountain as it as its its own entity wasn't that successful. We actually lost money on that. Um and that was a lot of it had to do with um just the timing, a the the short window we had to promote it, and then also we were only open I think two weeks sure. instead of six so you can offset a lot of costs but uh, we i wanted to fill that window the, the fall window with fun events like something different not just singles so some of the things i've talked about team event a doubles um i talked to bob julio at this craft about um maybe doing a three disc challenge like what what they may have laying around mm -hmm. um sounds like there may be some new fairway driver in the works that we might be able to get our hands on. <clears throat> um, and I think that would be cool. And, and the other thing I thought of was the, you know, when you think about like the big minis, right? The buzz mini, the, the whole line, um, just got, got a bunch. I think MVP's got some and maybe dynamics got a few as well, yeah. but to do a macro junior big mini type, event out there and really get people to throw big shots with small discs right out there. So just some, we're kicking around some ideas. We want to make it yeah. fun. I understand um, here in Florida, I've heard that it gets hotter, really hot in the summer. Mm. So <laughs> uh, we we're trying to keep the course as fun and as simple as possible to where we're not like the gold course is not going to be available. Like we're yeah. not putting the 92, 9,300 foot course out there for consumption in the middle of, you know, 90, 90, 96 degree temperatures or whatever it's going to be. So, um, so we're trying to keep it cool and laid back. Um, and also find kind of that sweet spot of not having to have it, you know, fully staffed with, you know, 10 to 25 people each week too. Yeah. At all times. So that is going to be a whole new challenge, Terry Miller. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm back in Wisconsin. Out. So uh, good. Yeah, you are. With that. 
that now. No, so, it, well, it, no honestly, we're going to have a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome opportunity. I think, you know, Paul had made the comment earlier. He said, you're never going to see hole five again in, in, in the way that it's currently designed. <laughs> I'll have to go so, and look at that hole, find out why it's so, quote, unquote, bad. He, he why doesn't he doesn't like, like the it. last tree. Uh, it's a blind hyzer. Okay. It's 375 downhill. It, it's his land. Cut it down. Yeah, it's a blind hyzer. <laughs> Uh, and there's just one, literally one tree at the end that you, it's a, it's a flip of a coin, whether you get through it or not. He happened to park it first round, got all the I way I was going to say, Terry, wasn't he, <laughs> he had deuces on the first two rounds. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see what he got on the third round, but. So, um, yeah, so it's just, he doesn't care for that. And, and really it's not as much that hole as much as he, there's just other land very close by that he wants to incorporate instead. Yeah. He well, here's what's funny it. about it. What he sense. wants to put in is literally a more technical version of the hole that 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 hole five replaced sure yeah exactly so yeah, we, we had that. some flooding down there and mm-hmm. um uh i don't know five six seven years ago we went to put the hole in we, our crew came out and there was like six inches of water mm-hmm. like, oh, well, i can't use that anymore so we just slid the hole to the right on the <laughs> other side of that uh uh access road and um, now Paul hates it. He was pretty adamant about it. <laughs> I was literally out there. We call it the crossroads there because that's where you walk from five to six and then from eight to nine. Yeah. And Paul then also the, harmony also play out there once in a while. Yes. Crossroads. In addition. <laughs> and also the little pathway up to 18. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was over there <clears throat> on Saturday's round uh, just doing a little spot checking and filling up some water jugs there and uh paul comes up to me and he's like only have to play this hole one more time (laughs) wow yeah yeah and then he told me what he wanted to do and he wanted to basically take that little lower plateau to the left and play to the other plateau which is the exact reverse of the old hospital design Mm -hmm. hole 10 yep it's literally just a, a 180 of the hole. And uh, I was scrambling because I was like, man, do I have any chainsaws at the course? Or <laughs> I wanted to go that morning and just cut that hole out and then make an announcement that there was a new hole five and kind of spoil it a little bit for him. But uh, well, wasn't it true that Paul at one point this weekend said, hey, Mike, what's your favorite hole out here? You're like, oh, the one way out in the corner. He's like, cool, I'm going to put a parking lot out there. No, he didn't say that, but <laughs> no. it's funny if he did. Yeah. Tell me your favorite hole. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's now, gone. He, it, it is exciting. Uh, of course, he, he elaborated. I, uh, I think you were busy, but uh, when you go back in here, you obviously talked a little bit about some of the changes he wants to see. I know you're going to be uh, in part of those conversations. And then maybe one of my last questions for you would be, uh, you know, people are wondering, you know, as Paul's talked pretty openly about uh, a Disc Golf Pro Tour event eventually evolving and, and being on site, we still see that, though, separate from an actual throw down the mountain uh, event, correct? Is that kind of how you guys have, have at least for now, uh, yeah, yourselves? moving forward, yeah, I mean, I, once again, like, um, I think when I tuned in, uh, you guys were talking to Paul about, like, how many design, his design courses were going to be on the tour, and um, for sure, you know, I think there's some dialogue going on with Pro Tour, and, and how that all works out remains to be seen, but what 
it looks like Throwdown will remain is in support potentially of that event. Okay. Meaning uh, Paul kind of wants Throwdown to remain the local, the big local tournament. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can imagine a pro tour is going to be, you know, select on who who's invited or who can get in or, you know, you got to be on the tour. Right. So, um, so that, yeah, it definitely means some changes for us, but I think at the end of the day, um, and I've already had this conversation, you know, a hundred times since this has all been going on, but <laughs> the, the overflow from what's going to come is going to be something to manage on its own. And that means, um, you're going to have this new epicenter potentially mm-hmm. of disc golf in Florida. And, and I'm not saying right away, but what I've learned over the years with Paul and, and what he's done. And I mean, you just look at his foundation and you look at his playing career and things like that. Um, it's going to have a, it's going to be a driving force in the community. And um, we had a really good talk. So last Monday, him and I literally covered almost every inch of the property and I showed him a bunch of the, the gaps where things aren't, aren't happening. And mostly because of, uh, just over massive, massive overgrowth things that we just never had the time to address. Uh, you know, I always, I always make the joke. It's either a flamethrower or napalm and that's what you're going to need to get through there. Uh, just to clear it, just like get in there and it's, You've seen the sawgrass. Now imagine 10 acres of nothing but sawgrass, you know, or five yeah. acres, whatever it is. But you haven't and, heard my new sawgrass solution. He might have. And Okay, we'll uh, talk about that later. But, yeah, it's okay. it's it's it crazy back there, right? And yeah, now yeah. there's going to be resources and the, the manpower, the additional Correct. tools and or, you know, earth-moving resources and all sorts of other things that can be brought in that are going to be a little bit more uh, plausible and, and possible. Uh, when... Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, the, the bigger picture is going to be, and, and to go kind of step back a little bit, like the local scene, like I started an event a few years ago called, uh, called uh, Winter Wonderland. It's an amateur-only event. And the reason I use the term Wonderland was because compared to the rest of Florida, the topography there, it's called the Brooksville Ridge. Mm-hmm. And that's where... Um, I believe it runs all the way up the coast of Tallahassee. Um, once you get to all this topography that you just don't get in any other part of the state. Um, and I knew that there was potential for all these courses coming online. And some of that's starting to happen now. And now this, this is like the anchor. This is the new anchor to the, <laughs> to the local scene. And I had uh, a couple guys from the, the county Hernando County Parks and Rec out there on Friday to basically give them an idea of like what is coming. Cause you know how it is. It's like 10 minutes from Brooksville and Brooksville isn't anything. I mean, it's one of those towns you kind of blink and <laughs> go through. Right. I mean, there, there's some stuff happening now, but you know, the last 10 years before that, there wasn't much going on and this is going to, you know, kind of wake things up in that area. Mm-hmm. And, um, disc golf is going to be, you know, you know, part of the vernacular there and uh, eventually, and I, I could see 
with the scope of topography that we have and the potential that we have that it becoming the destination location in the Southeast in five or 10 years from now. And uh, especially if Paul gets it, you know, Paul and Dylan get it to where they want it to be. And, you know, that's huge opportunity. And yeah, I mean, it's everything. I think Paul talked about a little bit earlier about not really putting cabins up there. He, he was talking about maybe some of those like tiny homes or whatever they call them potentially, <laughs> but right. But having some, something to do that would keep people there besides disc golf, sure. you know, um, there's that cement slab. He was talking about the VIP parking like that, like that might become pickleball. Right. So, you know, things like that. So there's a lot to really consider a lot to put together, but I don't think he's taking any of the decisions lightly. And I think this is going to be a long thought out process and we're happy to be part of the solution. I mean, um, yeah, like, Initially, we're, we're definitely going to be heavily involved. Going back to the, the throwdown, like throwdown is going to support what's happening out there on the larger scale. And we continue, we will continue to, I could honestly make the argument we could have a fifth weekend, to, to be honest. So, and even though there's a potentially a pro tour event coming there, we're still going to have a separate pro leg. So that doesn't go away just because Pro Tour comes in the town, right? Sure. Yep. So yeah. So yeah, this just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's um, exciting. I, I will say that I can remember when I moved from the Chicago area to Florida in 2001, and we had 27 courses in the state. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the closest one. <laughs> to me, was the Grand Canyon when I moved there. Wow! And I was like, "Wait, what's this going? What, what is this going on?" Like, so to now come full circle, like to now you know have eleven years of keeping that course alive and going, and now it's going to take another step. And, and I, I told this I was on a phone call with uh, Paul and Dylan early on in the negotiations, and I said, "You know, I, I want to say something, and that is that." If Mike Barnett, and I did, I had some other investors uh, as recently as this la- the offseason before um, that were interested in it, it for a variety of reasons. And the, the talk never really got full, you know, full momentum with purchasing. Um, but I said that if I somehow acquired the property through a partnership or on my own, and I did tell Paul that I did play that billion dollar lotto a few times, you know, when it was way up there. And I'm like, you're lucky I didn't win, buddy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the reality is is if I owned it and and Sun King was a big part of it. And we have been, you know, to to year to date, we've been the biggest thing that's happened out there. You know, the longest the mm-hmm. uh, operating situation. But what I could accomplish at my full potential, I don't believe there's anything close to what Paul and Dylan can reach for a variety of reasons on that, right? And that's why I'm excited about it because even though 
just about any person that has ever played that course has always said, man, and then going back to it, man, if I won the lottery, I'd just buy this yeah. thing straight out mm-hmm. and, and, and waste, waste the money. Cause at the time the valuation wasn't there to what you had to pay for it and things like that. But um, I just think that this has, this could be, I, I said that this could be the biggest story of the year. Um, that's not related to uh, some type of tournament or uh, a player feat, like like, Mm -hmm. um, somebody broke this record or, you know, rattled off a few few tournament wins in a row on the Pro Tour or what, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. This this could be the largest. Yeah, exactly. Non-course or or non-event related uh, story of the year. Most momentous impact if uh when it's all said and done for sure yeah and then because here's the kicker like so he makes the announcement um and then if all all goes well it opens in the fall which is still in this calendar year mm-hmm. right so yeah so there, it's just gonna this story is kind of gonna grow and continue throughout that and then we'll see how things shake out with pro tour and things like that and all of that stuff. And then that just rolls this story into 2024 potentially. And um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I am humbled to be part of it. Um, I think you probably saw a little bit of that one. We had a little ceremony with the, mm-hmm. the key to the course and things like that. So um, yeah, we're, we're ready. We're, we want, we want to rock and roll and um it's kind of funny because I'm like, man, I might have to cut my touring short a little this year for <laughs> some of these other projects out here, and and I'm going to be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, so. yeah, I'll 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 definitely add on top of all of that that it, with without Sun King and is you doing you and your crews and and volunteers paid or non or and employees and just the the thousands and thousands of collective hours that have been put into that place, the care, the love, the dedication, it, it wouldn't be on the map the way that it is. And all of these thousands of people from around the country and around the world would have never played it. And the overall property wouldn't have the disc golf valuation that it did to keep it enticing, to keep it known, to to have it be on the forefront of, a you know, McDonald's, best brain when it does become available <laughs> or is in threat of being lost like so you you literally paved the way around that property and that's what kept it so much in the limelight and as uh as valuable as it really is especially to floridians and uh so you know thank you for doing that i mean the most entire, certainly you know that all of the disc golfers that have come and when you're when you're selling out four weekends you think you could even go to a fifth and then you add up the thousands of golfers that have played there over the last 11 years everyone leaves with a, a special feeling of what they just experienced and now yeah paul's getting paul and dylan are getting a lot of that credit for saving or, or continuing it or preserving it in the sense that it'll keep going, but it's also that much more valuable and important because of the work that you've done to, so people could even realize it. So. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate yeah. that. And it doesn't go without any, like Suzanne Krupa, the previous owner that sold the, the Paul, uh, her and I had a really good, and I've known her for 
So the little backstory on that is the first year that I did throw down, I dealt with her husband, Larry. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, through an unfortunate uh, situation, uh, I had checked out, I started calling him in the summer uh, following the first throw down the mountain to say, hey, need to start thinking about this. I need to start planning if we're going to do this again. So I, I called, didn't get an answer. And I called two or three weeks later and Suzanne answered and, and told me in unfortunate news that Larry had passed away. So I knew Larry briefly, but I, Suzanne is who I've dealt with for the last 10 of the 11 years. And we had a really, after knowing her for 11 years or 10 years, I'm sorry. Uh, I, we had a very awesome conversation after it was official that the property was going to switch. And that's exactly what she said to me. She said, Mike, um, I just want to tell you that I really thought a lot about this. And then she's like, if you hadn't, you know, had the energy and vision to come and beg Larry, because <laughs> <laughs> I think I went to him three or four times before he agreed to, to let us do the first one. And then uh, side note, after the tournament registration sold out in minutes, the first one, he was going to pull the plug because he didn't think the insurance was good enough. So I was scrambling to get the copy of the PDJ insurance to him. But um, uh, all the things that her and I have talked about over the years, it just never really came up until we went through this whole process, which took about three weeks to broker the deal between them and, and I was pretty hands-on with that all the way up until yeah, you got a point. big old commission check, right? You, what is that? I mean, you were acting on the buyer and the seller. You better have gotten that full six yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get Paul's gonna give me like five acres out there, I think. But it's the five five acres he doesn't want to use. Right? Five acres of sawgrass, That's landlocked. What <laughs> he yes. can get? Sorry, no easements. Yeah. No, but um, it was really amazing, and it it was it meant a lot to me because I didn't even think of it that way. I'm just doing what comes natural and, you know, what my instinct is, is to try to put on the best show possible uh, in the, the, you know, in the window that we had. And she was right, though. I mean, at some level, it, it disc golf became a thing out there. I, I mean, a lot of the local businesses now say, oh, yeah, it's disc golf time again, you know, things like that. And that's all part of that. And. You know, I didn't really think about it at the time, but it sure meant a lot to me in that conversation when she said that to me. So, yeah, it, and it's it, that's out of all the accolades that we get, um, that might have been one of the my favorites to get was her saying, you know, you're doing what you're doing, but um, we would have never got here. Like, like Paul can't buy it if there's no tournament, right? There's no, you know, things like that. So yeah, I mean, that, that's what I mean. So, you, you keeping it on the map, so to speak, and keeping it in the forefront of everyone's brain. And then every year, just getting reminded of how epic the property is and the opportunities are that are out there. Uh, that's, that's all owed to you and, and your entire crew that have been out there for all those years. So awesome. And I'm, yeah, I'm and, and a big hats off and the staff has been, We've gone through people, but in the sense of the scale and scope of it, but, you know, and it's the players too, right? I mean, I don't 
I always say to people like, I was like, Hey, thanks for doing this. I'm like, well, thanks for coming because if we don't show up. I'm just some dude out here standing <laughs> in a 60 acre cow patties or shoveling cow patties and yeah. whatnot. But no, I'm, I'm very humbled by the whole experience and, and just, um, I, what's that saying? The, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Right. Yeah. So yep. it's kind of one of those things. And, I, I never saw this ever developing this way. I mean, I remember uh, Paul, first time I met him was at Players' Cup in 2006, maybe, 2007. And uh, I think what you guys talking about earlier is his haircut, the old, uh, yeah, what you guys call it? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had like the old Justin Bieber shag for a while. Then he went with like that yep. faux hawk or the, the frosted tips. Yeah. And... and that was like, Sitting there in that moment, like, like not knowing what the future would hold, like in the sense of like, you're going to do business with this guy and this guy's going to be a great disc golfer. And, you know, just how things come full circle, I guess, is my point. And it's like, you know, that was back when uh, the Players Cup, I mean, that was a major. I mean, that was a PDGA major back then. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, And now to kind of come full circle and, really in where the area that I started too, when I first moved to Florida, it's the, the backyard. So yeah. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. And um, I'm, I'm really stoked. I'm really happy. And uh, uh, I think there is going to be a great direction. And I think this is going to be one of those things that is a catalyst as if we don't have enough already, right. A catalyst for disc golf. This is going to be <laughs> another giant, catalyst in, in, in a long list of them. And this is going to put, put a lot more uh, golf discs in people's hands than I think people realize. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully you'll be selling them uh, some as well and, yeah. and reaping some of those uh, benefits. <laughs> Mike, it's been awesome. I, I, I think I was, I've now been there for 10 out of the 11. I was not there the first year. I'd have to go back and double check. Maybe I wasn't there the second year. I, I'm not sure when it was, but whether it's eight or nine or 10, it's been more than more of them than not. And uh, yeah. it's been just so incredible to see the event uh, and all that, again, all the energy and work and effort and the much deserved accolades that you've received for it. Uh, before we let you go, how can people support you and what you're doing? Uh, give any give any final shout outs or thanks to your sponsors and the the people that you work most closely with. I know you're a vendor, but I mean, this event and everything else is a unique beast in its own. So, uh, floor is yours on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for us to get where we were, I mean, we were doing pretty good. But um, I do want to say a shout out to Discraft and uh, the, I mean. I've had an incredible relationship with that company since before I moved to Florida. I don't think a lot of people realize that too. This this goes back to the old Keith Murray days. Yeah. Right. So yes. who, uh, uh, we clearly you know, just I just visited and hung out with in in Arizona a few weeks ago. So oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So I mean, this is uh, 2000 2001, and then uh, when I relocated here to Florida. Um, that relationship continued and, and just got stronger and stronger. And um, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing to work with. And, and, uh, and I, you know, want to shout out to, to Bob and Mike and 
uh, even Jim back in the day, Jim Kenner, I mean, coming down to Players Cup and they supported that event. I mean, they used to cut a check for 25 grand for that event no, without, without hesitation. So, um, and, you know, even going to the guys in the office, um, uh, you got Eric and, and Paul and those guys take care of me there, but uh, to support us directly, I mean, it's just super simple. I mean, come to our store. I mean, we, we've got the big largest inventory in the Southeast and, you know, we're, we're right up there with anybody else on the Eastern seaboard. Um, and I would put us against anybody else, to be honest. Um, we've got tons of selection. Um, you know, come check us out, check, put us on Facebook, you know, order some product. I mean, it's put your, put your money where your mouth is, I guess. And we're not always the cheapest, but, you know, we've been around for two decades and, you know, I honestly like to say that uh, we're the company that grows disc golf in Florida the most. And I, I don't want to brag about that. I just know we, we've done it. So um, it's just a lot of hard work by a lot of good people. And um, if you support us, it, it just makes everything we do a little bit easier. I couldn't agree more. And uh, it's, yeah, it's very evident in the successes that you've had, the things that you've learned. Everything's not always rosy, and we all know there's there's challenges in running the business and to continue to grow and then put yourself in front of thousands of people every single year trying to provide the best possible tournament and service to them. And not everything's always perfect because, like you said, nobody can bat a 1,000, but uh, we know that your heart and soul are always in the right place to try and make it happen as best as you can to all of your capabilities. And I think that that becomes pretty obvious when people are out there and at your events and uh, spending any time with you. It makes it pretty easy to see that, so... Yeah, you got it's good passion, energy, and and we hope that that's rubbing off on you know as many people as we come in contact with for sure. Yeah, I uh, it so. definitely has, and uh, I think it'll continue for many many years uh, as long as as long as Macbeth doesn't put you out to pasture and he lets you uh, show up <laughs> on his property and let you do a few a few more cool things. Uh, even that's if he right. didn't, you're you're going to be just fine. We all know that. Well, Mike, thank you for joining us. Thank you. You know, again, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't, will never realize no matter how many times the story does or gets told, people won't even always fully understand or realize that you getting that call from, you know, from Suzanne and then ultimately making the connection to Paul and, and Dylan, um, you know, how impactful yeah. just that knowledge, that foresight, that idea, uh, and, and getting them involved, how, you know, that was, that is one little, uh, I don't know, uh, decision tree in, in all of life and to see how that's going to blossom, uh, probably for decades and maybe even alter the, the path of Florida <laughs> disc golf. Like it's, it's truly incredible. And that's cause like you said, you're in the right place at the right time doing the right things. That's how that all unfolds. So, yeah, thank you. no, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Johnny, always a pleasure. Always. T-Dog, we'll see you on the flip side, brother. We'll see you later, buddy. See thanks you later, for, Mike. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good one, Mike. See you guys. Yeah, there you have it. Mike Barnett. Pretty, uh, it, it's been a wild but awesome journey all these years. You know? Yeah, I just remember, it's really funny because obviously we've known Mike for a long time. And I just always think of how integrated he is into Florida now that I have relatives who, this was 10 years ago, who knew nothing about disc golf. 
But one day they came to me and they were like, hey, do you know, do you know Mike? I was like, Mike who? They're like, Mike from Florida. Like, he does disc golf thing? Like, Sun, Sun King? I'm like, oh, Barnett? They're like, yeah, we met him. He says he knows you. And I was like, yeah, I know he Mike. That? Yeah, he barely. Well, there's one of his he, early he mistakes. fessed up right away. So, you know, that to me is always amazing that Mike has been able to expand and grow Florida disc golf that much. He's an unsung hero of that region yeah and uh and clearly people continue to uh, you know grow and thrive and create companies and and but they're planting a seed and then letting it uh and then even fostering that growth in whatever way you know you can put it in a course and then that's going to generate leagues that's going to generate tournaments that might generate uh the idea of somebody else down the road opening their shop all of these different things that he's been involved with and clearly there's other you know godfathers within and and oh, pioneers yeah. uh of the sport in Florida that also then set him up for success but uh you know he's that his torch has been burning very bright for a number of years uh and and I don't think that's going to change so. and I won't even hold him hold it against him that he's a Cubs fan in all fairness so uh, fairness is the word but in uh, all coincidence Opening day, you had Mike Barnett, myself, and Kevin McCoy all sitting oh, around geez. in the parking lot. Three guys, none of which live in Chicago. All, all three of yeah. us, uh, Cub fans. Those two uh, keeping up more than I do for sure, but have all had uh, decades of uh, Cub Fandom. and fandom and, uh, and, and, I, and i actually a great, took a picture even. a great event or a great uh day to be watching as well as this yeah, exactly. as the cubs beat the brewers uh yeah. on that first game and then you got it lost the next two it's just okay don't worry That's, about it <laughs> <laughs> they scored 12 tonight though so all right good you know, the cubs did sosa is back at it he I is corking bats and you know, taking you know, names as long as we got dunston at shortstop and uh and uh grace on first with Dawson out in center. We're doing just fine. Oof. And the I'm, hawk is on it. I saw something as we were, as I was kind of scrolling on. We'll get into the, you know, we won't even talk about this in the after show because it really doesn't need to be talked about. But <laughs> okay. the, the Brewers are the first team, to, I believe, to ever go back to back to back home runs in one inning, followed by the next inning going back to back home runs. So, mm. uh, 100 years of stats, and that's apparently the first time it's happened. So, Interesting. pretty funny. All right, that's the the brew crew. Yep. All right. Well, with that, we can we can close it. I could I could go for a beverage. Mm, oh, wait till I get home. Go outside and open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and speaking of news and brews, yes, did I see way earlier hours? Murder ago, Mike. Murder Mike jumped onto our uh, stream and specifically even got in on the super chat. Murder Mike uh, out there. I I heard there's a reboot. Maybe. Yeah, there, I've I, also heard about nine different uh, possibilities of reboots, <laughs> but I think I most recently heard there might be a reboot of Disc Golf News and Brews. But Murder Mike, I thank hope, you. I, I know, hope so. Uh, I, I think there's there's a crew for everybody. There absolutely is. So, uh, but he jumped on the super chat, and we thank you. And and I apologize. There was another person. Uh, maybe I can find it. If I can, I'll look for it. There was somebody else who jumped on the super chat as well earlier tonight, and uh, we very much appreciate it. Uh, if you jump on there and tell us who you were, I'll, I'd gladly shout you out. Yeah, I've, but I saw it come through earlier. Uh, why I'm a Cubs fan, I, I'll talk about that briefly in the after show. That was a whole other story. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up, folks. It's been Smashbox TV's podcast 449. 
It's been a heck of a night here, uh, getting so many great insights out mm-hmm. of a couple of now Floridians, Mr. Macbeth, along with... Florida men. Yeah, the Florida <laughs> man times two. <laughs> Maybe that should be our clickbaity title, Florida man does it again twice, uh, along with Mike Barnett. So uh, thank you guys both for joining us. And thank you, uh, incredible group of people out here watching tonight, taking all the action. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Of course, we'll have a little bit of an after show where we'll talk about things disc golf related or non-disc golf related. Anything is up for debate or for conversation. At Think that of your point. question, throw it in the board. Do that. And Johnny V has already pulled, and it looks like we've got a new set of uh, names to pull from for our Patreon giveaway. So you know, if you like free stuff, if you're cheap like me, you're, you're in it for the free stuff, and that's what we're going to weigh in the after show. Credits are all updated. We got everything going we on tonight. It. So for Johnny V, I'm the disc golf guy. That's 449. We'll see you in the after show when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 